Daylight's burning agents. Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Welcome to me. Where are you, Scully? I'm on the roof. Did you find anything? No, I haven't. Well, I just climbed up 12 floors. I'm hot, I'm thirsty, and to be honest, I'm wondering what I'm doing up here. What am I even looking for? I don't know. You know, I haven't eaten since these clubs this morning, and all that was was half for cream cheese bacon. It wasn't even real cream cheese, it was light cream cheese. Do you have an old cemetery in town off the beaten path? The creepier, the better. Come on, Scully, get those little legs moving. Come on. Over! Is there any sign of... Two small functionals on the neck? That's not what I was going to ask. Too bad. We got them. Check it out. In the future, I'll make sure that all those people being interviewed provide you with to keep your interest maintained. Not everything is about you, Mulder. What is this? This is where you pucker up and kiss my ass. Having completed the autopsy, I checked into the Davy Crockett Motor Corps. The name of it was actually the Sam Houston Motor Lodge. I had you. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I had you big time. You had nothing. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I am Damon Shaw. With me as always is Vagina Man, Michael Ortiz. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh oh wow, I think I forgot the intro. Did I? This is where you say, What are we talking about tonight? Oh yeah, what are we fighting about? Uh well, tonight oh, we're fighting about jazz, man. We're fighting about jazz. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this will be the point you look back on and realize this episode was completely fucked. Yeah. Uh but we are talking about uh one of one of the, the classic sci-fi TV shows that nobody talks about much anymore. But uh, it was a great show. We are talking about the best of the X-Files. So uh, who's joining us tonight? Well, you already heard one of them, Mr. Michael Felcher. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Perigo. Word. And Dave Gill. To your mother. Uh, so how does this work, Mike? Well, uh, most of the people here involved uh, have uh, picked six of their favorite X-Files related things. They can be anything X-Files-ish, or even not, if you want to try and make the argument for it. Uh, episodes, moments, characters, dialogue, anything you want. Uh, we put them into tournament-style brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. Uh, we each cast our vote and give our reasons. The winner moves on to the next round, and this continues until something is crowned best of the X-Files. Uh, as always, there are no wrong answers, so you can use any rationale you want, you, whether you just plain like it, uh, or if you've got actually some smart, well-thought-out, re- reasonable thing, or spite, there will be spite, and uh, usually even just making a bad joke. Uh, that's what we call geek logic, and uh, good geek logic can be used to sway votes, so choose your argument wisely. No script on that one. Not oh, bad. See, I, I, I've been going scriptless for a while. I think I'm going to do something uh, crazy at this in this episode. I think this is the episode where I'm going to start doing it. But... Uh, yeah, Christy was supposed to be on this episode. She's not because she's sick. Uh, so I am filling in for Christy in round one. Round two, I'll basically have my own ideas for why things, uh, why I'm voting for things. But I'm going to vote Christy for all. Are you going to talk about curling up on fuzzy beards and stuff like that? Uh, let me look at it. And no, she doesn't like to curl up on fuzzy beards. She said she that about part. Castro. Does she? Oh yeah, she did say that about Castro. But 
let's jump into the first fight. And Mike, for the first time in a long time, you're going first. It is Bad Blood versus 731. Now, actually, even though I rewatched everything, I don't remember uh, which one is 731. Can someone refresh my memory on that? Anyone? It's the one where Mulder comes the train. Oh, Mulder on the train? Uh, there's like a hybrid alien. Oh, that was a good one. Okay, there. I remember it now. Um, I'm going to vote for Bad Blood. Um, I thought it was a, an interesting uh, vampire sort of thing. Also kind of the different perspectives, kind of the Rashomon style. Um, it, I, I thought it was really well done. Had uh, was it Luke Wilson uh, in a, a nice guest, uh, a guest role with huge buck teeth at one point. Um, very, very funny episode, clever episode, interesting use of vampires on the show. So I'll vote for bad blood. I'll vote for bad blood. And Christy also vote for bad blood because of, uh, it, it's the hilarious Rashomon episode where Luke Wilson plays both a ruggedly handsome, intelligent sheriff and an incompetent buck tooth. Yeehaw or sorry. Yeehaw. So, uh, I too am going with bad blood. Michael. Yeah, I, I'm going to definitely go with bad blood on this. It's a very, very funny episode because basically we, we get the same events filtered through Scully's memory and through Mulder's memory. And I like the fact that in Scully's, Scully, Scully's version of events, uh, Luke Wilson, the sheriff character, is this handsome, smart, suave, local sheriff. And then when Mulder remembers it, he's this buck-tooth moron who can't put two words together. And I like the I like, so there's a little bit of an interesting dynamic going on there. There's some agendas at play, and it's a very very clever episode. And um, it's actually one of the few things with vampires I can stomach to watch these days. So bad blood. Another vote for bad blood, Dave. I totally agree. Bad blood. That was a uh, that was good because it had all, all the humor that they could manage to pull off while still saying like mysterious and, and serious. And it was a uh, it's a nice affectation that this show could do uh, with with the skilled writing and directing of, of, of the entire crew. So bad blood. Uh, vote for bad blood. And Josh, why are we wrong? What the fuck? Uh, okay, let me refresh everybody on seven thirty one. It's actually a second part of a two part episode arc, and uh, in that Mulder's on the train, and uh, there's a there's a guy from NSA there, but also Scully goes to some abandoned warehouse where they've been doing experiments experiments on people who have a sort of like disease, so they look like alien hybrids and. And they line them up and they shoot them into these big pits like Auschwitz. And then uh, all this shit happens. The train blows up. Some guy saves Mulder. And at the end of it, she's like, you know, face it, there's no such thing as alien abduction. The government just uses it uh, as a scam to, to pretty much, you know, fuck with people and, and give them diseases and then try to cure it and inject them with DNA or whatever. Um, I thought it was a pretty tense episode with Mulder on the train and he keeps peeking through and seeing the alien. I thought it was great. Um, Apparently nobody else did. Uh, I just get my shot in on bad blood because I, I think it sucks. Uh, I, I think that there's there's no story there. It's it's a horrible story. And the fact that they have to break it up and show it through Mulder's eyes and then Scully's eyes means that you don't have a lot there. I still don't know what the hell happened in it. I don't know if they were real vampires or they were fake vampires. or I really don't know what was going on there. Um, it's it's one of those episodes I really like. I, I didn't care about turning it off, and there's not too many episodes of the X Files like that. So I'm gonna vote for seven thirty one, just because. But Fuck it. bad blood is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. 
It is Clyde Buckman's Final Repose versus the Coveney quitting the show, then never missing an episode. And uh, I'm assuming that's like season 10 or something where he just never went away after he already quit. Uh, but Christie's uh, pick was Clyde Buckman's Final Repose because of Peter Boyle. So uh, that's where my vote is going. Michael? Uh, yeah, I'll vote the same. Okay. Dave? Well, I'm going to vote uh, for the company leaving because they made there's all this hype about this. You know, this is still one of the most successful shows on television at the time, and they've been doing it, I think, seven years at that point. He was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to go be a movie actor. And he was gone like two episodes, and, and then he was back. And you know, his character got kidnapped. So he was directing episodes and writing episodes. So, like, he, you know, he just couldn't get away. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool of him, but also sort of asinine and, uh, as a pop culture. Uh, show I thought that was apropos to uh, to vote for in this instance. A uh, vote for the not leaving, Josh. Um, yeah, I kind of you know if he had quit and actually stayed off the show, I'd had a little bit of respect for him because at that point things had really started to go south for the show. Um, but you know he got he got drawn back in and 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 went down with the ship, I guess. Um, Clyde Buckman is a uh, that's a great episode. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about, so I guess we'll talk about that later. Uh, vote for Clyde Buckman. And Mike? Uh, yeah, I'll agree with uh, what everyone else has said about uh, Clive Buckman. Um, I, I believe that is the episode that Peter Boyle won an Emmy, Emmy for, I believe. Yeah, he did. He did. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just certainly a fantastic performance on his part, and we will talk about it more later. All right, on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is the movie, the original movie, X-Files Fight the Future versus Trust No One. So it's basically the mantra, trust no one? Yes. Does that work? Okay. Um, the trust no one thing, I mean, it's, it's, I, I kind of feel inclined I should vote for it, but... As the series went on, that trust no one thing really didn't mean as much as it used to. Um, this is a series that unquestionably lost its footing in its last couple of seasons. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I'm more inclined to f vote for the first movie because the first movie actually worked. And it came at a good time in the show's history. And it was uh, certainly a much better film than it had a right to be at that time. And considering the one that we got after that, uh, I'm more inclined to vote for uh, the, the movie. So in this one, I'm going to go for Fight the Future. Fight the Future. Dave? Yeah, I agree. I really, I really liked the movie. And it was sort of, you know, now, it's now or never. Sort of one of those things where, oh, you're going to make a movie based on a TV show. It's sort of the end of the show. But it was kind of because you got to see an actual spaceship. You know, uh, Mulder actually got to be proven completely right that they exist, even if Kelly didn't see it because she was, you know, kidnapped in it, whatever. Uh, it was really good. Trust No One, it's great. It was a great tagline. It was a great poster, but it was one of those things that, like, you'd be at, like, a restaurant with your friends. They'd be like, it's Trust No One, right? It's Trust No One. And it just, you know, it was lame when uh, the masses were... I'm paying attention to the story, but remembering this one part of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like they're sort of trying to take it and make it something more than this vague. You can stop talking. <laughs> paranoia. Because I, I was really all night. No, okay, yeah. All right. So the movie. Yeah. A vote for the movie. Uh, Josh. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, the, the show has like three catchphrases. It's trust no one. Um, I want to believe. And um, uh, the truth is out there. Uh, and trust no one is just a little too cliche for this whole, you know, FBI, like everybody's lying to him kind of thing. It's, it's kind of implied that you're not going to trust anyone. So, yeah, the movie. Uh, vote for the movie, Mike. You are all completely wrong. It is uh, trust no one. The movie was the it was really the kiss of death for the show. I think that, that if they were to stop there, that's that it, it might have uh, it might be more fondly remembered now. But uh, the movie was the point for me where it's it's done, and it was a good ending. But I thought it was still kind of disappointing. And uh, by that time, the mystery that they were unraveling had become fairly convoluted. Uh, but trust no one. That's the heart of the show. That's that's from from the first episode on. Uh, that's kind of the the point of of this. Is really, it's you know you talked about this this vague paranoia. That's what the show's about. That's what's embedded in the show and was embedded in our culture at that time. Um, I think that it's an important theme of the show, not just a catchphrase or a tagline or something that that mainstream people can latch onto. But it is something that the characters say. It's something that the characters live. Uh, for a long time, I I was still expecting to, uh, Scully to turn out to be uh, one of the the bad guys by the end of the show because that really was something that kept coming up. Mulder's Mulder's parents and family were uh, implicated. Uh, everybody turned on everybody. Sometimes even the bad guys couldn't trust the bad guys. So uh, I thought I think that it's really much more important and kind of woven into the heart of the show than uh, the movie that for me pretty much should have done the whole thing in. Uh, vote for trust no one. Uh, Christie's vote is for trust no one because it's everyone's computer password of the nineties, and mine is also trust no one. Uh, just because X Files uh, fight the future should have been the end of the show. Once you had aliens confirmed for Mulder, he's no longer acting on just the belief. He has factual evidence that he has seen. It, the mystery of the show is gone. It, it, it's gone. Even though Scully didn't see it. It's still gone. Scully kind of believed him. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm voting for Trust No One. But X-Files Fight the Future is moving on to the next round. We are on to our next fight. Dave, this one is yours. It is Home versus Skinner as a Cleaner. <laughs> well, uh, and I don't remember the name of the episode where Skinner was the cleaner, but uh, I really liked how... They had him, you know, bent over a barrel there and had him doing all this dirty work. And, you know, and here's this guy that's on the fence trying really hard to do the right thing and help them solve these crimes and, and legitimize their, their work in, and then still having to, uh, you know, count out to the to the mucky mucks that were above it or in on it or working on it, just bureaucrats or whatever. And he likes going around, like, wiping blood stains and cleaning crime scenes and stuff. And all of a sudden, and that was like, the, most, the first, like, Mitch Pelleggi episode that they did there, there were just a couple I think but and that's what it was it was like wow it sucks to be this guy and I really all of a sudden had, had a renewed love uh, for that character I watched that so a vote for Skinner as a cleaner Josh um Home is an episode about uh, a family who has been inbreeding since the Civil War and essentially they have their mother on a skateboard with no legs and they rape her leading to uh, mutated inbred children, which they bury in the backyard. Home. I'll vote for home, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I the conceptually uh, 
Skinner as a cleaner is, is great. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that, again, one of those things, one of, one of the things that actually made him into a much more interesting character than what I thought he was going to be at the beginning, but home is a creepy ass episode. Um, and that's something the show did very, very well. It doesn't tie into the mythology at all, which is also something that, that kind of, uh, it was a nice break from that. Um, and it's got, uh, a sheriff named Andy Taylor, uh, and, and really a, it's both creepy and weird and also strangely nostalgic about the, the, the vanishing of the, the innocent small towns. It's a show about the town's loss of innocence, really weird, strange stuff. Uh, but really a lot of fun. And those guys were freaky. So home, uh, vote for home. Uh, Christy voted for Skinner as Skinner because Skinner was awesome. Uh, so uh, the vote is for Skinner as a cleaner because Skinner was awesome. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Michael. Which one is going to take the win? Uh, I'm going to have to go for the um, inbred mutant box rapey thingy. Mm-mm, box rapey. A vote for home, and home is moving on to the next round. We are on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is Luther Lee Boots versus... What is this? Uh, millennial Zeitgeist. Did you say Luther Lee boobs? Boots. Boots. Boot. It's, it's oh, Boggs. 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 Like Wade Boggs. He's oh, actually what? Wade Boggs' cousin. Whatever. Um, somebody's going to have to quickly explain to me the whole millennial Zeitgeist thing. I was, I was looking it up because they have like a church of people who think that the world's eventually going to end and they have to prepare for it. Is that what this is referring to? This is mostly just about how the show was kind of tied into the uh, the, the sort of end of the millennium uh, kind of craziness that was going on, conspiracy theories and and UFOs and aliens and a lot of that really broke into being uh, mainstream as opposed to more of a kind of strange outsider counterculture at that time. Mm, okay. Um so anyway, the, the Luther Lee Boggs episode is Beyond the Sea, and that's actually kind of, in essence, um, like what the X-Files I Want to Believe movie was. You've got a convict or a, a, be- a really bad person who can, who can see what's going to happen, and you don't know if they're telling the truth or not, and it's hard to take the, the news from a bad person. Um, it's, it's a pretty good episode because uh, the roles are reversed with Scully and Mulder. Um, Mulder's kind of the skeptical one, and, and Scully's just lost her dad, and she's really emotional. And uh, he starts pressing her buttons, and she gets all fired up. Um, you know, and you're kind of left not knowing if, uh, if Scully was just going on emotion or if, uh, if the guy really could, could see what was happening. Um, I thought the guy who played him was pretty creepy, had a pretty creepy southern accent. So I think anybody who can get Scully that fired up needs to move on. I'll vote for Luther Lee Wade Boggs. 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 Mike? Uh, you know, I'm the one who put the millennial zeitgeist on, and that's just a fancy way of saying how it tied into the the time. Um, and, and that, I'm definitely voting for that. That, to me, is one of the, the things that I loved about the show. Uh, you know, around this time, you get uh, the mainstreaming of, of, like, JFK conspiracy theories and, you know, the JFK movie and, uh, you know, that conspiracy theory movie. Um, books all over the place. I mean, stuff that would normally be in uh, weird new age fringe bookstores are now on, on borders and Barnes and Noble and, and bestsellers and shows like this become very, very popular. I mean, you really do start to see a lot of genre stuff kind of popping in. And, uh, and I think it's because of that 
kind of unique time period of, of the nineties when you don't have, you know, communists aren't villains anymore. Terrorists aren't villains yet. So we kind of become paranoid and turn on ourselves and the villain becomes the government or the system or the corporations and all of that. And this really starts around the same time as the X-Files. I think that's why the show became as popular as it did and became as co-opted by the mainstream. So you have people talking about trust no one when they don't even really know what they're talking about. Um, because, but I think that's because the show really hit a nerve with a lot of people, even people who didn't quite connect the dots. So, uh, for me, that's what makes it kind of an important show. And I think that's why, uh, unfortunately if it hadn't, you know, kind of gone sour at the end, I think it would be a show that's talked about uh, a lot more and, uh, thought of much, much more fondly than it is. Uh, vote for the millennial zeitgeist. Um, Christy is voting for Luther Lee Boggs because I will always vote for Brad Dorff. So, uh, yeah, there's that vote right there. Michael? Yeah, the Brad Dorff thing, definitely. Dave? Uh, I really like that. What Mike Ortiz had to say about the millennial zeitgeist, I just felt He's right. I mean, that stuff was definitely going on, you know, with the show. But then, then Chris Carter went and made Millennium. Like, and he really took all of his great millennial ideas into that show, which was also good for those short lived. Um, but so I'm going to give it for uh, Luther Lee Boggs just for being uh, that whole, uh, you know, again, the swapping faith versus cynicism, both in science or in religious faith, and how that, you know, as a character driven story was good. So, Luther Lee Boggs. And Luther Lee Boggs is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Lone Gunman. I'm assuming the Lone Gunman versus the other brothers, Jeffrey Spender and Alex Krychek. Uh, these are these are two kind of uh, kind of key important parts in the show. Um, but I'm going to vote for the Lone Gunman. Um, they were really one of my favorite parts of the show. Like I would mentioned, I, I was really into uh, conspiracy theories and things like that. Um, I liked a lot of the stuff that they said. Uh, I liked the characters a lot. Uh, I even watched and, and own on DVD their uh, spinoff TV show that uh, that didn't last very long. Um, I think the episode where you see them come together uh, when they meet Mulder, the one that's got, um, God, what's his name from Law and Order? He's the one where the, the detective that pops up on all the shows. I don't remember his name. John um, Munch. Yeah, Munch. So there's the, the episode with Munch, uh, they, they were in that. Uh, really, they're just one of the more fun parts of the show. A vote for the lone gunman. Uh, Christy is also voting for the lone gunman because Jeffrey Spender and Alec Krychek are whiny ass wipes. Uh, <laughs> though I like Krychek, had his arm cut off by Russians. <laughs> but the lone gunman get a vote. Uh, Michael. I wish I could come up with a reason to vote for Lone Gunman, that's as cool as her reason to vote, not vote for Alex Krychek. Um, but I'm going to also vote for the Lone Gunman. I, I empathize with those guys. I understand those guys. They're sort of the geeks um, window into the show. If we, if, if I were an, if I were an X-Files character, I'd be one of those guys. So it's, it's hard to vote against myself into some degree. Uh, if you are an X-Files character and you are one of those guys. Uh, vote for the lone gunman. Uh, Dave? Well, on that note, I think if I was an X-Files character, I would probably be uh, Jeffrey Spender. So I would sort of be that loser middle management guy that was trying too hard to prove something and failing miserably and wrong. That, that seems a little bit more like me. 
Um, but I like those characters um, as, as brother, like, well, he was actually Boulder's brother, apparently, the Fender character. But you fought for a while, Krychek was, and he's such an evil bastard, and I liked the way they just kept bringing him back, even they tried to destroy him and stuff. But yeah, the lone gunmen were just pivotal in, in so many ways. Like, on the whole, trust no one stick. He could trust four people. He could trust Scully, and he could trust those three dudes. Um, well, obviously, well, they're talking about. So, yeah, let's give it up for the lone gunman. Uh, vote for the lone gunman. And Josh, is it a clean sweep? No, it's not a clean sweep. Just because, no, no, just because you voted for bad blood. Um, Krychek is actually Russian for rat, uh, which is kind of funny because uh, every time I'd see him on the show, uh, I didn't really couldn't figure out how the hell he fit into the situation. I didn't know whose side he was ever on. So he was more of a confusing character than he any. Thing else but uh i just like the fact that the, the the attention to detail that they knew he was going to be kind of a a two-faced uh double agent kind of guy and they they went ahead and named him the rat so um for that i'm going to go ahead and give it to crycheck and i don't even know who the other guy is spender a vote for crycheck and spender but the lone gunmen are moving on we're on to our next fight it is the unnatural versus cigarette smoking alien uh, the vote goes to The Unnatural because it's a beautifully acted, filmed, and written episode. Thank you for that, Christy. Uh, Michael. Michael, I think you might be muted or you just died. Not again. <laughs> I didn't die. Okay. Um, what was the cigarette smoking alien? Is that just the, the one from the episode? I'm not the yeah. one to put it on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's the one, the one in the cage in that wacky episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Jose Chung, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to discuss Jose Chung later. I don't need to. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great image, and it's a, a wonderful moment. But The Unnatural was a really wonderful episode. Standalone piece that's kind of, in a way, tied to the mythology, but it didn't really matter. It was written and directed by David Duchovny. It's basically the Jackie Robinson story with aliens in it. And it was a very touching episode. It was very well done. And I just thought that it was uh, a highlight of that particular season. So I'm voting for the unnatural. A vote for the unnatural. Dave. That was an excellent episode. I totally agree. And a highlight of that particular season. But I, I think as far as images go, that the one with the cigarette smoking, and again, I put this on there. The, the reason I put the cigarette smoking alien on there is after watching them all way back when they were on and then not seeing them ever again for many, 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 many moons, that image never went away. And when that episode came up, I was like, yeah, I remember this. I remember why I liked the show. So that just somehow magically, that image. Uh, captured to me like the essence of the show and its absurdity and its conspiracy and its humanness and its you know, know prisonness. I don't know, but it was it was really good. That was like one thing that I that I never forgot. I got out of my head from all nine seasons of the show. Uh, so I'm giving it up to the cigarette smoking alien. Uh, vote for the cigarette smoking alien, Josh. Um, yeah, I was confused about the cigarette smoking alien because I don't know if he's actually an alien or if he's an air force guy dressed up like an alien um or if the kids are just seeing him as an alien but that image is kind of funny because uh they've come here to colonize our planet and we've gotten them hooked on nicotine and that's going to foil their plans completely um however uh the unnatural is uh in my opinion one of the top five episodes ever in the show and 
uh, I've got a lot to say about it. I know other people do too. Um, so that's going to move through. And I, I, if it doesn't come out of this bracket, I don't know. We're all fucking idiots. Uh, vote for the unnatural and Mike. Um, well, I believe it is moving on. So I will give a, a little bit more love to the cigarette smoking alien. And I would probably have voted for the nat- unnatural otherwise, because the cigarette smoking alien is part of uh, Jose Chung's from outer space, which we are taught, which is on the list later. So it's kind of like, you know, we're already going to get it there. So we don't necessarily need it here, but I do agree that with Dave, that it is just by itself. Uh, a very kind of powerful thing outside of the episode. Um, it is that kind of, it, it, the cigarette smoking alien is the cover of the book that Jose Chung uh, ultimately uh, publishes because it is, it is that, you know, is it, it actually, I, I believe it's pretty, pretty clear in the show that it is the human. It is the, the pilot. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying, this isn't happening. This isn't happening, which he's repeating when Mulder picks him up. Uh, but all of those things collide and it kind of like, a very nice, concise way of really summing up a lot of the things of the show, human alien hybrids, uh, you know, is this real? What is real? Things like that. All the stuff that the episode also talks about is very nicely crystallized in that image. And the unnatural is moving on. We're on to our next fight. It is the first unknown fight of the evening. It is my only pick for the episode. So it's going to suck when it goes out, if it goes out. It is the cigarette smoking man versus my pick. The person who's not on the list, but makes the show what it is. Everybody loves Mulder. I really like Scully. It is Dana Scully. How the fuck did you guys not put Scully on this goddamn list? Uh, Michael, that one is yours. I think we've um, kind of exposed one of the chief problems we're going to run into on this episode is that are we doing best do are we doing best episode are we doing best character best aspect of the show um you know i don't know exactly how to uh how to vote in most situations however since this is a uh, character versus character situation i clearly have to go with scully um I, I i enjoy her character much more and the smoking man character ran its course um i, I don't think I think they should have left him dead at one point, and when they brought him back, especially in the finale, I thought it weakened his character immensely. And uh, to me, it's really no contest here, so it's definitely Dana Scully. Uh, vote for Scully, Dave. Yeah, that's that's, that's tough because I I did love the cigarette smoking man. He was obviously, I mean, just an incredible villain. And uh, but you can't put him up against Scully. I mean, that's just that's just sort of unfair, Damon. So I'm, I'm going to go for, for the uh, fantastic thing of Scully. Another vote for Scully. Josh. Uh, I, it's tough because you grow up with these characters. I mean, you know, I was in junior high when this started. And so Mulder and Scully are Mulder and Scully. And I used to think that, um, you know, you could just go ahead and you could put anybody else in for Scully because she was just the kind of person to to keep Mulder in check and she didn't have a whole lot of Scully centric episodes. And then Annabelle Gish came along and I realized that, Oh, okay. That doesn't really work. Um, you need Scully in there. Um, the, the network actually didn't want her at first. Um, they wanted somebody who was kind of like tall and sexy. And, um, I think it, it, I don't know. It just works out because she just seems like she should just be a doctor working in the FBI. 
Um, she doesn't overplay anything. Um, I don't know if she's kind of acting like herself, uh, cause I don't really know her, but, um, you know, look, looking at it. Yeah. She does a fantastic job and, and the cigarette smoking man, uh, I have him on the list because the earlier, uh, when you remember him earlier in the show, it was great. You know, he was mysterious. And then, uh, when he was on the show, you knew it was going to be good. Um, but, uh, I think it was Michael said it. He, he, he ran his course. And in that finale, um, it was frankly, everything in that finale was horrible, but him being there and his part in it was, was terrible. Um, so I, I yeah, I'm going to go with Scully. A uh, vote for Scully, Mike. You know, I, I have to say, I, I really do feel sorry for the X-Files because on a show that's called the best of the X-Files, people, the, one of the dominant things is people talking about how it went bad at the end. Um, and for me, I, I don't think that's how you judge a best of by looking at the worst of. Um, everything in the show was a disaster by the end, including Scully, including Mulder, including pretty much everything. Uh, X-Files is a cautionary tale for all the people who want more fireflies. This is what can happen when it goes on too long. Um, and it went on because it was successful. And, you know, many, most shows wind up crapping out by the end. But I think judging the show by what it was at the beginning, and, and most of the stuff we have is from the beginning, you're almost talking about two entirely different shows. Um, and in that first great show, which is the reason why we're having this discussion, uh, The Cigarette Smoking Man was a a very unique and unusual and unexpected character. Um, originally, he just was this kind of character in the sidelines and eventually becomes kind of a key important player. I mean, Scully's great. Scully should have been on this list. I was surprised that she wasn't, but the fact that she wasn't, I think is pretty telling because at the end, even though it was a great character that Scully's not the reason why we tune in Scully could be on that regular detective show. Scully's there to kind of bring a different perspective to the amazing and unusual and unique things happening on the X-Files. And that's what the cigarette smoking man was. Um, eventually he gets expanded into this, you know, amazing guy who, who we talk about later because his episodes on here, who's responsible for killing JFK and Martin Luther King and, you know, being one of kind of the key players in the world where at the beginning he was just kind of a guy in the corner. Um, I think it was an amazing transformation and it shows you kind of that paranoia of the show that there's somebody who's just lurking in the background is ultimately one of the most powerful men in the world. So it's a cigarette smoking man for me. A vote for Cigarette Smoking Man. Uh, I am voting for Scully. Um, I think the show does not work at all without Scully. Period. Uh, yeah, it might have gone wrong at the end. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And same goes for Cigarette Smoking Man. You know, it, you know, Cigarette Smoking Man is fine, but he's just a, a, a mysterious piece that you're like, what the hell is that? By the end, you have the whole story. Scully, without Scully, not necessarily to rein in Molder more to rein in the audience <laughs> like otherwise it's just a crazy science fiction show and you lose half the audience because most people don't like to watch science fiction shows well at least at the time they didn't now science fiction is pretty much reign supreme but uh scully was the she was the i want to believe even though Mulder was talking about aliens she had her belief in her faith she had her belief in the system she had belief a lot of it and uh you know, cigarette smoking man aside, uh, I, I love Scully. So I am voting for Scully. And Scully is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Uh, Dave, this one is yours. It is Small Potatoes versus, uh, what is this? Erlenmeyer Flask? 
Sharon <laughs> Meyer flash. I, I'm going to straight up say this too. When I was you know, looking at all the lists, we were adding them on, and everything was a damn episode. I was freaking out because you know what? I didn't take the time to like look at what these episodes are. So I was hoping that, I, and so far I've been uh, gracefully going through and having other people go first with the episodes and describe them a little bit, and then I remember them. So, Sharon Meyer flash. Is that the first time we see the black ooze? No, this is the one where. Uh... They're, they're chasing yeah, a doctor that's a human hybrid. It's the first time you really encounter one of them, I think. Uh, Mulder gets abducted, and Scully has to go find this alien fetus to give it back to uh, the, the bad guys in exchange for Mulder, and Deep Throat's wow. get shot. It's the season one finale. Is that the first time you hear Trust No One from, from Deep Throat? Yes, I believe I mean, so. And that, the last that, time, because he dies. Time you, yeah, because he dies. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. And what's the other one? The other one was the uh, shape-changing guy that impregnates all the women. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Because, like, you know, like, flat, finale, serious, big conspiracy, big reveals, alien-human hybrids. But the other one was hilarious because that one, the one girl alone thought she got impregnated by Luke Skywalker. Um, so I'm just going to go with the humorous cut throughout the night as best I can and go with the funny one and uh, go with, uh, what the heck is it called? Small potatoes. Small potatoes. I'm going to give it up for small potatoes. And I apologize for not uh, knowing which titles correspond to which episodes. I, I know most people don't know titles or X-Files. But, uh, well, I should have researched it. Eh. A vote for small potatoes. Josh? Uh yeah, in that season one finale, they kind of—it's kind of the big reveal that they throw out that that people were inoculated with stuff, and that's kind of when you start to get the idea that uh, of colonization and, and the vaccinations and all that stuff. Um, and I, I honestly didn't think that that episode really kind of warranted uh, being um, the the, ser- uh, the season finale. Um, however, uh, when you can make a show about a guy who's going around raping women in town, uh, funny, uh, you've got to give it to the writers for that. Um, making rape a, a, a thing to laugh at is, is, um, despicable and horrible, but, uh, they do it and they do it. Well, uh, small potatoes, uh, vote for small potatoes, Mike. I, uh, I have clearly watched a different show called the X-Files than everyone else did because, uh, apparently the things that resonate with me don't resonate with everybody else. Erlenmeyer Flask is one of the, the big mythology episodes. I mean, that, that to me, you take the mythology out, out of the X-Files, the big story that it told out of the X-Files, I don't wind up watching it. To me, then it really becomes Night Stalker. Um, it becomes supernatural. It becomes any one of those shows that is just a kind of a creature of the week sort of show. Even though I guess supernatural isn't quite like that, but many of them start off like that. Um, the mythology is what really kept me coming back. And this was a great episode for that. It, it also is the first time you see kind of their little homage to the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when he puts the alien embryo in a box full of other alien embryos and walks out and you realize that this secret storage facility is just sitting there right in the Pentagon. I mean, it's right underneath your, your nose. Uh, it was the first time, you know, I did not expect Deep Throat to get killed. And it was one of those things that, in the show let you realize, wow, you know, maybe outside of the main characters, anybody is up for grabs on this show. Um, I think it really was a good season finale because it sort of uh, t- 
tied in a lot of the loose ends that were that were kind of woven throughout the entire first season. And and again, yeah, you get the beginnings of this is what's going to pay off somewhere years down the line. It doesn't wind up paying off as great as it should have, but back when this episode aired and you realized that something big was kind of behind all of this, it just sort of blew your mind. Uh, so it's Erlenmeyer Flask for me. Plus, it has a great name. Uh. Yeah, and it's also the Erlenmeyer flask, again, uh, for Christy. Great ending to the first season, though Small Potatoes is great. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Michael. Which one is going to take the win? You know, I like what Mike had to say, because I, I, I honestly, I'm not... When it comes to what stories on the X-Files appeal to me more, it's not really the mythology episodes. It tends to be more the standalone ones that hint at the mythology or are sort of in her own way, loosely related to it, but are not necessarily about it because the mythology ran out of gas quite a couple of seasons before the show was over. And it's, which is endemic of a lot of shows with their overall, especially when it's a conspiracy or there's some sort of mystery at the, at the center of it. The X-Files is not the first and will not be the last show to have that run out of steam before the show ends. Um, but the, the X-Files, the, the, the mythology really did run its course very, very, early on before the show ended, even before the company left and the other characters started coming in and out. Um, but at the same time, it did keep, it, it was one of the reasons that you kept coming back and it, 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 it kept the show from being just a, a, a monster of the week show, which it was very important that it not become because otherwise then it just, then the show only lasts a couple seasons and there's nothing really to keep your interest overall. So I do feel inclined to vote for an episode that represents the best that the mythology had to offer. And Erlenmeyer Flask is a, is a very good one. My only problem is, is I dearly love small potatoes. It is one of the funnier episodes. Um, the guy who plays uh, the lead in that is actually Darren Morgan, who was the writer responsible for Jose Chung's and Clyde Bruckman's final repose. He, and he didn't do anything else after that. He only did those few episodes and he never wrote another one. And, but he made this appearance in this, and there's a wonderful scene where he impersonates Mulder and tries to seduce Scully. That's one of the highlights of the uh, of the whole series for me. But I'm going to go against what I love here, and I want to give a little love to the mythology, even though in the end of the day, I'm not really inclined to, to support it all the way through the end. But I, I, I agree with Mike says, so I'm going to go with Erlen Meyer Flask. And Erlen Meyer Flask is moving on to the next round. We are on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is Aqua Mala versus Agent Doggett. Uh, um, I don't have anything good to say about Agent Doggett. So um, I'll just give you a, a brief recap of Aqua Mala. Um, it's a story about um, a hurricane. And if you sat down in a toilet in this apartment building, um, a creature that lives miles, miles down in the sea was actually probably going to crawl up your ass and um, make a nest inside of you and grow babies. Um, that's kind of cool. So, Agua Mala. Agua Mala. Mike? Um, I, I really I don't have anything bad to say about Doggett because I don't really remember anything about him. Um, so that, that alone should probably disqualify him for me for, uh, a best of X-Files list. Um, while Aquamala isn't 
one of the the episodes that, that kind of jumps to mind when I think of one of the best. It certainly was an interesting and clever episode, and I believe this is the episode that actually has is it Darren McGavin? Is that his name? Who who actually played Kolchak the Night Stalker? Um, as yes, a, Darren McGavin. He appears as, as Arthur Dales. Yeah, as the guy who kind of originated the X Files. So he kind of like was almost you know an homage to the 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 night stalker there as well um which is kind of interesting um but yeah since uh certainly i'm not going to vote for die it's probably good that i don't know a whole lot about him or i don't remember a whole lot about him because uh you know certainly he is he is from that that era of the show that that is apparently tainted all of the great stuff that happened before it uh so i will vote for aquamala uh vote for aquamala uh, Christie's vote. Aguamala is a great Monster of the Week episode, but because everyone hates on the last few seasons and Robert Patrick did a great job bringing much-needed skepticism back to the show, not to mention he let X-Files get back to into the Monster of the Week episodes, a vote for Doggett. Uh, Michael? Um, it's funny. I, I, was, I just got back from a convention and met Robert Patrick. Um, and he, he came off as a really cool dude, and there was just a little moment where I was sort of a backstage moment where I was in the hallway after a very long day of signing, and Robert Patrick had been in there all day with a long line, and he came out and said, and, he, and, he, and, I, and this is sometimes when you get to see what a person's really like. The staff of the convention is there. He walks up, and he says, guys, hey, I don't have any problems with staying here until whatever you need me, but I haven't been able to eat all day let's just do like a 20 minute break and I'll come back and sign as long as you want, but I got to get something in me or I'm just going to pass out. I really want to make sure everyone gets taken care of. Now this is between him and just a couple of staffers. No one else is around. And I'm just kind of off to the side, just happened to overhear it. And I thought, okay, that tells me something about this guy because you get to see a lot of celebrities at these conventions and they're not like that. They could give a shit. Uh, They don't give a damn what happens to the people in line. I just thought that was a really interesting moment. It just happened to come in timing with this. So I'm I'm gonna and also I thought the I I, I agree. I think that the, the Dagger character brought the skepticism back for a while. I think it was just unfortunate that he had to come into a show that was so already so clearly established with Duchovny and uh, Scully and then and, and that that particular dynamic. He was sort of a, a, a lose lose for him in a way. But I thought he was really good and and I would I would have liked to have seen him in his own show without the baggage of the other characters before him. And Aquamala, look, I loved uh, Darren McGavin's appearance. I thought it was great. I thought Aquamala was a remarkably dumb episode. I really could not stand that episode. It was one of those ones that had a great buildup and a real bad payoff. And I just remember there was this one moment where the guys are like, it, it's like every bad cliche about every low-income housing development. And it's like, no, you need to get out of there. That dean is in the plumbing. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, it was just, it was like every caricature that you could bring out about, you know, the low-income housing residents in Florida was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I, I'm not a big fan of Aquamala, so I'm going to vote for Robert Patrick. A vote for Agent Doggett. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Dave. Which one takes the win? Wow. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give it up for Doggett because, uh, as, as was mentioned, like he really brought back this nice sense of cynicism. He had 
just something very real about his character. He wasn't coming from a medical background. You know, he was like this blue-collar guy. You know, I think he, for, maybe for me, he was more easy to empathize with coming into this, even though as a fanboy, I love the conspiracy and the aliens. But the show is definitely taking a weird turn. Introducing his character and Monica Reyes' character uh, was way better than introducing, like, Cody and Vance Duke when the Duke boys were switching out like that. I mean, I thought they really tried to develop and introduce these characters well, and he was solid. Like, throughout everything, good or bad, that happened those last two seasons, he was, he was solid, he was consistent, and he was, he was a good FBI agent, and I always, I always liked him for that. Maybe a little cheesy towards the end with the quickly, you know, uh, blossoming love for Monica Reyes that he had, but other than that, like he was solid. So I would give it to, to Doggett. A vote for Doggett. Yeah, he's one of those things that nobody really actually complains about. They complain about the overall ending of the show, but they don't complain about Doggett. Uh, Doggett. I can complain about Reyes too, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, not, but not Doggett. Not Doggett. Uh, Doggett is moving on. We're on to our next fight, Mike. Haha, <laughs> this one is yours. It is Mulder's secret love of porno. Versing musing of a cigarette smoking man. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, like I said before, with the uh, the cigarette smoking man was one of my favorite characters. I really enjoyed this episode. I like the fact that he was uh, ultimately a a failed writer, and that perhaps if if that writing career had just taken off, uh, things could be different. I'm, I'm reminded of Hitler as the failed artist. Um, yeah. I like it. You know how it ties into historical stuff. Yeah, the idea of him doing those two things is sort of over the top. But I think by the by the time you get to the show, that point in the show, and you see how kind of deep this thing runs, yeah, they're making this guy into someone you know extraordinary. They even address that in in the episode that some people are are just meant to be extraordinary men. Um, even though you know, I like in in principle the idea of uh, of Mulder's secret love of porno, but I guess in the end, for me, it's not a secret. Every dude loves porno, so it's uh, it's kind of kind of not really there. Uh, I'm taking that as a vote for the musing of a cigarette smoking man. Uh, you are on a panel right now with somebody who didn't watch porn at all, and that's not me. That's Mr. Gill. It took me and Mike <laughs> years to get here to watch. Porn. Wait, wait, yeah, that, that wow, now, that's, that's quite the anomaly. I'm the other side listeners, right? So. Yeah, but uh, I, okay. I still like uh, Mulder's secret love of porno and for the offshoot that that creates, which is the uh, Mad TV Triple X Files and the, the, the semen coated room. I, I still love that. So I'm going to go with uh, Mulder's secret love of porno. Michael. Um, yeah, I put Mulder's secret porno, love of porno on this list just because I thought it was a somewhat interesting character trait that we get hints that this guy's into some pretty perverted shit when we're not really paying attention. Um, but for, you know, what I said about the cigarette smoking man before, it was a character that I liked initially, but I felt ran its course and overstayed his welcome. What I like about musings of a cigarette smoking man is that at the end of the episode, it clearly admits that maybe a lot of what you just saw isn't true. It's sort of a, a situation where you're kind of free to draw upon the legend of this guy and it was a really interesting one-off, but that was also deeply connected to the mythology as well. And uh, it was, it was for me, the highlight of that character in that we got to learn a lot about him, but not really. And for me, I wish that it had almost ended with that and that we didn't see him again after that, because what more could you possibly do? 
Um, so, I mean, leaving aside the fact that the character art didn't work out the way I would have liked, I'm going to just vote for Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Uh, vote for Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Dave? Yeah, I will also go for that episode because I did absolutely love that episode. Whether it was true or not, it was just that he was, you know, it was a Forrest Gump episode. Like, somehow this guy was just involved in every important, horrible thing, and he's choosing who's going to win the Super Bowl, and just the whole idea of paranoia and trust all encompassed on this one incredibly smart, incredibly unhappy man who can't even write a decent, uh, you know, book. Like, he can do all this stuff but he can't write the novel he wanted to write. And it was all sort of heartbreaking. And like Mike said, like with the, maybe if he had gotten to art school, they would have been no Holocaust, you know? Uh, but it, in this case, I, I don't think so. Somebody else would have just been in charge. Um, but I really, I really love that scene. And Mother's Porno Love was far better running joke than you know, him eating sunflower seeds. But, but yeah, it's, it was great. It's a great bit. And I, and I enjoyed it every time I recognized that it was happening or it happened. But uh, definitely... Yeah, cigarette smoking man. So. Uh, vote for the musings of a cigarette smoking man and Josh. All right, before I go on my rant, I just want to make something clear. Uh, when I didn't vote for Agent Doggett, it's not that I, I dislike him. It's just that uh, when you eat at a restaurant and you get sick, you just always associate that with the restaurant. At that point, the X Files had been spoiled for me, so everything past there just has left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> anyway, that being said, um. I was going to go on some like Allen type rant uh, about Mulder going into a, a video store and paying like 50 bucks for a VHS and picking up a flashlight and, and some lube and going home and like turning his necktie around and, and choking himself while he jerks it. But I actually realized something um, when, when, when Michael Felcher just said it, it's an interesting character thing that they put in there. Um, and, and I just it just came to me is that this guy is he really is kind of a recluse. I mean, he is brilliant. Um, you know, he should be he should be up with the big boys in the FBI, you know, solving big crimes, doing these things. But he's kind of in his own little niche here. And, you know, he doesn't seem like he has a lot of friends. And this kind of is just I mean, that'd be something that you could see. Uh, I mean, and, and everybody, you know, all guys like porn and stuff like that. But it just kind of shows you like the the lack of human connection that he has. Um, and you see, that in the, you, you see that in the first episode or sorry, the first season. Um, and then he starts to get a little bit more comfortable with Scully and it's not a, as much about getting comfortable with her as a girlfriend or sexually, but it's just about kind of coming out of your shell and like, and, 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 you know, being a part of the world and not going home after work and, and, you know, watching like hours and hours of like grainy VHS porn. Cause your tracking's broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, the musings of a cigarette smoking man is, is a great episode. Um, and there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff in it and that's going to move on. But I think that, you know, we'll get to Fox Mulder eventually anyway, and this is a part of his personality, but it's, you know, if you look at that, that's, that's kind of key as to who his character was at the start of the show. Um, not as much at the end. Um, so you know what Mulder's secret love of porno is getting my vote. Porno. Porno. But Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man is moving on. We're on to our next fight. It is the great Mugato. I want to say Mugato, but it's Mugato. The postmodern Prometheus versus EBE. And luckily, 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 I have uh, Christy here. He says the great Mugato because it's a love letter to the Universal Monsters and Horror Comics. Uh, Michael. Um... 
Uh, hmm. Well, I don't know. Just want to kick it all that worked up for for some reason. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna vote for the great Mutato. Mutato. Dave. Uh, again, with the uh, episode title, the Great Mutato. That was the guy that uh, he had the van. He was performing on beach in California or something, right? Magic show and that whole thing. Yeah. And there was like the Mutato was the one that was kind of it was in black and white. It was sort of a, a Frankenstein riff. Uh, with like a kid from Mask, and uh, they play share music. Strange episode. Wow, I, I'm not remembering that. Features one. the what guy the who was Elaine's boss from Seinfeld. Yeah, I've never seen Seinfeld. What was the second one? Uh, EBE was they were chasing a truck that was supposedly carrying a uh, a down spacecraft and alien uh, all across the country, and when they finally catch up with it. There's nothing there, and they don't know if they were just chasing the wrong truck or if they snuck it out. When you say it like that, that sounds really boring. But I want to vote for it anyway, because I enjoyed them driving around in their rental cars all across the country and how they managed to get from Virginia to California in like three hours all the time. So we'll give it to the uh, the road trip episode, just for fun. Okay. Uh, gosh. Uh, so let me get this straight. You've never watched porn and you've never seen Seinfeld. Essentially, that would leave me as like a very hollow and empty man. That's like 50% of <laughs> well, my not life. entirely wrong. No, but thanks to Mike and Damon, in my early 20s, I did finally come around to the former. Uh, and I have seen like an episode of Seinfeld. I just never enjoyed the show, so I just didn't yeah. to it. All right. So uh, I have really strong feelings. Wait, call me out, dude. What? So the way to call me out, dude. Okay. Uh, so I have, I have really strong feelings about both of these, and I think I would need to make a really good argument for EBE because I might need to sway somebody. Uh, but first, the whole great Matado thing. Um, the whole love letter, that's, that's essentially just admitting that uh, you don't have any good ideas and you're trying to recycle something. Um, it, was, it was a gay episode. I mean, Mulder high-fiving this freak of nature in a club while Cher sings at the end. Um, and they did it all in black and white, which I think a lot of people look at that and go, oh, it's an homage to horror films. Um, when when Voyager did it with Captain Proton, it was stupid. The Walking Dead does it on TV because the comic book is in black and white, and that is stupid. Um, this episode was completely uh, it just stupid. Um, but EBE, as far as I'm concerned, is in the first season. That is a better episode than Erlenmeyer Flask. Um, and it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, at the end, it was in the middle, but that's the first time you see the lone gunman. Number one, uh, number two, uh, in EBE, uh, deep throat, who I just looked it up cause he sounded familiar to me. He actually plays Samuel Clemens from the, uh, Star Trek, uh, season finale, season premiere and season six, which was absolutely horrible. Um, he and Mulder, uh, meet at the end and there's a containment room where they would keep an alien. And uh, he tells Mulder that he'll be disappointed if he looks in there. Uh, Mulder looks and, and the alien is not in there and he says he's dead. And then he explains to him that there was a pack after World War II in which all the superpowers said that if they captured a, a, an alien, that it was their job to exterminate them. 
And he turns to him and he says, uh, we got one in Vietnam and I don't know if he didn't know what a gun was or if he just didn't show any emotion, but the look on his face before I pulled the trigger haunts me. And uh, it was at that point where you realize like, oh, you know, there's stuff going on that we're going to find out about, uh, number one. Uh, but number two, just, just the way he said that, like having to, you know, it's, you think it's your job and it's somebody who may be coming to invade your planet, but then you look at him and you just have this look of like, almost like innocence. And he had to pull the trigger and here's a guy who's seen some shit in his day. And that's like completely fucked him up. Uh, and, uh, that, I mean, that was, that was, that was cool. And I think that really added to more of the mythology than anything in Erlenmeyer flask. Um, and so that's why I'm going to go with EB, the extraterrestrial biological entity. Uh, vote for EBE. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? Um, for me, uh, it's, it's pretty easy. It's, uh, it's definitely EBE. Um, I, I liked uh, the great Mutato. Um, it, I, and I get, I, I, I thought it was interesting to do the universal, uh, you know, the Frankenstein homage. And then kind of also interesting to connect it to Mask. Um, and, and then bring in this sort of odd share kind of riff. Um, so, you know, interesting ideas. I just don't know that it, it, it all kind of gelled. Um, and, and in the end for something that's a tribute to monster movies and to kind of a touching heartwarming story, it's almost oddly the, the humor in it is, is just a little off when it's paying tribute to things that were not really humorous. Um, and, but and while there are some nice moments, uh, EBE, I think is, is fantastic. It is one of the early mythology episodes. It is one of the ones where you start again, stuff that, that kind of comes together in Erlenmeyer flask is, is sort of, you know, hinted at here. And I think it's a perfect example of what this show It basically is a map of what the show is going to do, uh, for the, for the next few years, even to the point where it's bad is that, you know, they have the truck, but they don't know what's on it. Then when they figure out what's on the truck, they can't find it. And then they find out more information and they find out more information and then they get the truck, but then, oh wait, we were faked out. And then they get to the place where they're actually going to see the alien and you look in and, hey, there's no alien. Well, maybe there was never an alien. Maybe the whole thing was a ruse to get us looking in the wrong direction because they were taking it somewhere else. Or maybe it was here and they just got it out because right before Mulder looked in, they snuck it away. The show was const- the, the whole show is about guessing and you never actually know what happened. Um, it's about dangling hints, pulling them away from Mulder and Scully. And that's really what the show does to us continually for years to the point where we actually get fed up and, and give up and don't care anymore. So I think if you want to sum the X-Files up, good and bad, this show is it. EBE takes the win. We are on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is X-Files, the movie, I want to believe, versus the intro theme. I was speeding it up because... Um, yeah, yeah, I got you. But go ahead. Um, the theme song I always liked because it's the X-Files theme song. It's not my favorite theme song of all time. Um, but uh, huh, you could have put pretty much anything up against the second X-Files movie and I would have voted for it. This is supposed to be the best of X-Files. That, that second movie blew. It was really terrible. Uh, it felt cheap. It was a warmed over story that would have made a very lackluster one hour episode of the show. 
no one seemed to be really into it. It was it's and I've tried to like it. I've desperately tried to like that movie, but I can't do it. It is just <laughs> really, really not very good at all. So um I'm going for the theme song or whatever else happens to be up against that uh the movie. Oh vote for the theme song. Dave. Uh well I do obviously I did like the theme song because kind of an unforgettable one. Uh, you know, a little different electronic music than you would normally get uh for T V on at that time. Uh but I, I enjoyed the second movie, but the second movie I enjoyed I'm, I'm gonna vote for that. Oh, only in a sentimental way. Only in a way that you know, I enjoyed X Files for so very long, uh and then it sort of failed me and then I rewatched it and whatever. Then they came out with this movie and it was, you know, it was just, you know, it was, it was barely enough to be a good one hour episode and they made like a two hour movie out of it. But sentimentalists in me really like to see that Mulder and Scully were actually together. Um, for whatever reason, I just thought that was nice. I didn't make a big deal out of it. It wasn't a love story. It was like, yeah, we share a bit. Boom. Let's go solve this crime. Okay. And I really like that. So I'm going to give it to, uh, to the second X-Files movie. The second movie suck. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Um, yeah, the theme song is uh, it's iconic. Waiting for it. Ding! Sorry, uh, I was muted. X-Files, I want to believe, not iconic. The I don't intro. have a sound for that. Dong. It's like a fart, a wet fart for <laughs> not iconic. <laughs> Yeah, theme song. Oh, vote for the theme song, Mike. Um, well, I was going to vote for the theme song and uh, say it's iconic, so I could be the first to use the bell. So, but since Josh stole that, I'll vote for the movie. Get the fuck out of here! You're tying it up. Listen, if you want to have credit for using it first, that's fine, but don't vote for. Oh, if it loses, I'll change my vote. (laughs) You're Uh, such a whore. you, You tied it up, sent to me. It's funny because I actually it's I this is the ex, the only thing of X Files I own. I, I turned around, I looked. I think I I think I own that movie. It's the one with Exhibit and Billy Connolly. Huh? <laughs> um, but luckily uh, I am not voting in the first round. It is uh, Christy, and the theme because I don't want to believe is exactly what she wrote. So, uh, yeah, it's the theme song, and the theme song is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Dave, this one is yours. It is Field Trip versus Fox Mulder. Field Trip versus Fox Mulder, the character? Yep. That's just not cool. I mean... Actually, Fox Mulder, the breakfast cereal. Oh, well, hell no. That was worse than C-3PO's. It was like eating, like, bran covered in crap. No, but, uh... yeah, I mean, secret porno in the box. (laughs) <laughs> but who told you the secret formula? Did they tell you that? Or are you just paranoid that they told you the secret formula? Not the point. The point is, uh, it's Fox Mulder. And I don't even know what the episode is. And this is the thing again, and I apologize for not knowing which episode that was. But if someone should refresh me, just to tell me what the field trip episode was about, I would appreciate it, even though I'm going to still vote for Fox Mulder because he's just one of my favorite TV characters of all time. It's when they get trapped uh, with some sort of hallucinating fungus and like Scully imagines him dead. And he, you know, they're basically hallucinating. The whole story is a hallucination that the two of them are having while they're trapped under the ground by some uh, weird evil fungus. Okay, I am not changing my book, and I'm sticking with Fox Mulder. Uh, Josh? Uh, yeah, the, um, 
in field trip, uh, Mulder and Scully do, uh, do shrooms. Um, but actually the shroom does them. Um, that, that episode bugs me because it reminds me of the, uh, the next generation episode where Riker, um, is kind of trapped in his mind and you don't know if he's still in a dream or he's not still in a dream. And then it gets all inception on you. And that kind of shit bothers me because when you're sick, sometimes you're dreaming and you've got a fever and, and you're dreaming about other dreams. And I hate that feeling. And that's kind of what that show did to me. That episode did to me. Um, but let's face it. There's nothing that's going to beat Fox Mulder really on this side of the bracket. So I'll vote for Fox Mulder, Mike. Yeah, I would vote for Fox Mulder. Uh, certainly the Formby corollary probably lyrics here more than any, anything else. No Fox Mulder, no X-Files, no Best of X-Files show, uh, but I won't use that. Uh, Field Trip I actually thought was was pretty interesting. I like the idea, like many of the episodes where it, it deals with you know what, what is real versus what isn't real uh, or perceptions and things like that and did it in an interesting way where it's a monster of the week, but it's not really a monster. It's just a plant that they were exposed to. Uh, but you know, it, it can't beat Fox Mulder. Uh, you know, Fox is the, the key character and, you know, we've talked about other characters here and to me, what made X-Files really work, um, is it wasn't Scully, wasn't the mythology and all of those things. Um, the reason why it, it fell apart at the end is because I think Duchovny in, in general and Fox in particular brought, uh, an interesting perspective to the show and brought humor to the show. And that made all of this outrageous stuff a little bit more, more palpable because you really kind of, you didn't necessarily connect with him in a personal level. You didn't connect with him in, in that you believed what you, what he believed, uh, even though I was paranoid at the time and, and I kind of did, but because uh, he's, he's really likable and he's so earnest in his belief Um you know, that's what really makes the show. And he was smart and he knew his stuff and he was right week after week after week. And it really took like five years before Scully noticed that. Uh, vote for Fox Mulder. Uh, Christie's vote is field trip. This is the episode where we find out, uh, Mulder and Skull has actually been down the hole, breathing a hallucinated explorer the whole time. I love when whatever supernatural trail Mulder and Scully have been following turn, it turns out to be, uh, something almost plausibly natural. So that that was always a nice thing for the X Files. I I agree with that. I I would have voted for Fox Mulder, but the vote goes to Field Trip and Michael. Yeah, I'm also going to throw some love Field Trip's way. It's a good episode. I enjoy the uh, what what she said about the fact that you know like something seemingly completely implausible turns out to be something that if circumstances were right probably could happen. And I'm also voting against the basic direction certain things are taking here. Voting for the Fox Mulder character, voting for the, the Dana Scully character. Um, the problem is, is that if this thing had really been truly structured as a best character from the X-Files, it'd be more interesting to me. I, I don't think of, I think of Mulder and Scully as a team. I think of them together. They, they, it's the yin and the yang. It's, it's the sort of, you know, the, the, the diehard believer who won't hear any, any plausible explanations for anything and wants to believe. And then the one who's the doubter who doesn't th- thinks this guy is out of his mind, but wants but knows the guy's intelligent and wants to believe with him in some way, but her scientific nature won't allow her. I think let's say we end up with Fox Mulder versus Dana Scully. How the hell does that work? Uh, that doesn't work at all. Um, I rather vote for an episode that contains their best attributes and their best moments together together 
and or separately that can acknowledge both of the characters because I think that was one of the chief problems that the show had is once one of the characters was gone, the show didn't work quite the same. And I don't know, it just to me, voting for Fox Mulder, the character just seems to be, it doesn't acknowledge best of the X-Files. It really can't acknowledge best of the X-Files. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Field Trip. Vagina face. A vote for Field Trip. But Fox Mulder is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is Jose Chung's from Outer Space versus the sexual tension between Mulder and Scully. They gonna fuck. Yeah. I, I don't I put that on there just because I thought we needed a little something different, but um I'm not even gonna waste my time talking about it. Uh Jose Chung's from Outer Space, uh has got so much stuff in it on so many different levels. And uh, we'll, we're all going to cover that a little bit later. Um, but I'm going to vote for it right now because the kid who wants to see an alien uh, who's, who's in his room with a Millennium Falcon hanging on the, the ceiling talking to Mulder and Scully is wearing a space above and beyond t-shirt. Now uh, that's right around the time that that got canceled. I fucking love that show. And that just goes to show you how hard it was for sci-fi in, in, in the early to mid-90s. Like, good shows didn't make it, and shows like Sequest fucking got five years. Um, and it sucks. And I want a Space Above and Beyond t-shirt, so I'm voting for Space Above and Beyond. Fuck you, man. Sequest was an amazing show. It was. And then it got stupid real fast. I, I like that goddamn uh, dolphin. Dolphins rape people. Uh, Mike, um, I will vote for Jose Chung. Uh, it's um, and and you know this is I I thought the sexual tension on the show was actually handled uh, very very well. Um, it never became a problem here as it as it became in in many other shows. I mean, there's times where it's, it's you know it's a sexual tension. It's a friendship. There's a lot of, of things kind of going on in the relationship between the two of them. And I don't think they, they, they really ever fucked it up. Um, but Jose Chung's from outer space really, uh, one, it's, it's a really good, clever, smart episode. It's a mythology episode, uh, without really revealing how much of the mythology it is, but there's really a lot of, of, of connection there to what, to the bigger picture. Um, it, but it's also a funny episode um, and uh, and deals with these ideas of what's real and different perceptions and things like that that pop up many times throughout the show. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is, this is going to be very, very powerful. It's quite a juggernaut uh, on this side of the bracket. Uh, I imagine we're all going to have, have time to heap its praises as we go on. Uh, but I will vote for Jose Chung's from Outer Space. Uh, vote for Jose Chung. Uh Christy is also voting for Jose Chung from Outer Space because of the opening scene, uh, but I would have voted for sexual tension. I, I I really liked that about the the show that they it was a it was a male and female relationship, and there was sexual tension because there's usually sexual tension between a male and female relationship unless one of them ends up being homosexual. But there it, but it never got in the way. It never upset the show. It never they have to get together. That never really happened. I love that about it, but Jose Chung gets the vote for him. Christy, uh, Michael. Um, I put Jose Chung's on this list, but I can't take much credit for that just because I was the first to reply 
with their choices. If I hadn't chosen it, someone else would have, probably the next person. And if they hadn't, the next person would have. Um, not going to go into a lot on Jose Chung right now. It's my, just to say this, not only is it my favorite episode of the X-Files, but it may be one of my favorite hour-long episodes of any TV show ever. Uh, this, there's so many reasons why, but um, I'm not going to worry about that now. Uh, but uh, the the sexual tension between Mulder and Scully, I got kind of tired of, to be honest with you. Um, I'm glad they never did it. I mean, although in one, that second movie, it's pretty much the tension part is over. Uh, you know, it, it, this happens between all female, you know, male and female lead characters on any kind of show. There's always, are they going to do it? Are they doing it? Have they done it? Will they do it? How will they do it? Will they fuck? Will they not fuck? I don't, you know. Where are they going to do it? Is he going to put it in her ass? Is he going to put it in her pussy? I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I really do not care. And nine times out of ten, whenever they do it, it fucks up the show. So I'll give them credit that that didn't happen while the... At least I don't think it happened while the show was going on. But if it did, I don't really give a shit. So, fuck it. Jose Chung. Uh, you were forgetting uh, there was a, se- a third option there. She should could have been pegging him in the ass. This is gonna oh, I'm sorry, my fault entirely. Yeah. She, I, she I'll, I'll be better him. on the next round. It's fine. Uh, it, uh, it was the 1990s. That wouldn't have been an option on television. Oh, okay. Mulder would have put it in her ass, though. You know that, right? <laughs> well, yeah. You see all the porn he got. Uh, Josh, is it a clean sweep? I've already voted. Oh, wait. Sorry. I, hey. I voted for Space Above and Beyond, but I yeah. was voting for Joe. So I guess it's not a clean sweep. Uh, Dave, is it a clean sweep? Uh, you know what? It is. And yeah, I like the, uh, the fact that they were friends that they respected each other, that they grew to care about each other, that, you know, they were both attractive people, that it was sort of obviously there, but they never, never, everybody else said they never fucked around with it. They never, never had to, you know, that was cool. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. You didn't actually care. Like on so many shows where the premise is like, who's going to do who? And you're, you're more concerned about that than what else is going on in this show. You were concerned about what was going on, not who was speaking with who. And I think that was, that was pretty rare, even for most cop shows back at the time. Um, but yeah, Jose Chong epitomizes everything absurd and brilliant and wacky and weird and conspiratorial that Kyle was. Sorry about my cat in the background there. Uh, so Jose Chong, please sweet. And Jose Chong is moving on. We are at the last fight of the first round. Mike, this one is yours. It's another unknown. It is Eugene Victor Toombs versus, well, I, I will say what Karen's pick was. Uh, we we didn't use it because it was just the X Files pinball game because she was like I've never watched X Files so she'll probably never listen to this episode and then I asked Jared and Jared was like Mulder's quest for his sister and he's like no uh he's like the truth is out there and uh, the truth is out there is versus Eugene Victor Tombs um uh, hmm I I there were two Tombs episodes right yeah um, yes. I, I was I was never that fond of the character. I thought it was pretty good, um, but uh, you know, pretty good and and you know, best of the X Files is uh, is is not quite quite good enough. Um, I will vote for the truth is out there uh, because the other catchphrase went down in flames, and I think those are are important uh, parts of the show because they are, like I said before, they're more than just catchphrases. They really are core ideas that. Uh, that are, are repeated in dialogue even by the characters um, and, and they're major themes of the show. And it's kind of cool that it can be summed up in, in something so quick and so small and so easy. 
Uh, and, and, you know, it may become cliche after a while, but again, thinking at it at the beginning of the show, that's really what it's about. It, it is that quest for the truth. Um, and whether you believe the truth is out there or not, uh, that that's certainly the notion that fueled the characters fueled really everything the show is heading towards. Uh, vote for the truth is out there. Christy didn't know what it was, but then I told her after she didn't care. Um, she voted for Eugene Victor Toombs because he's a, prefer- a perfect antagonist for the X-Files, both a body-stretching, liver-eating monster, also a creepy, memento-keeping uh, serial killer. Also, both episodes he's in remind me of Kolchak the Night Stalker, which is the reason I put Aguamala on the list, but I voted for Agent Doggett anyway. So, another vo- uh, a vote for Victor Toombs. Uh, Eugene Victor Toombs. Michael? Yeah, I'm going to... I mean, I'm not really all that crazy about voting for a catchphrase. I wasn't before, and I'm not really now, even though I, I understand Mike's arguments for it, and that's fine. But um, if I'm going to give any love to the monsters on this show, I would like to do it for one of the best ones they ever had, which was Tombs. This guy was just unbelievably uh, creepy. I mean, it was just a, one, of those, one of those ones that really got under your skin, and then they never wasted the character in either one of the appearances that he had, and he was just always very effective. And uh, it's people tend to dismiss sort of the monster of the week episodes because they they did have some boners on that show, some ones that were really lame, and it, those tended to those were the easiest ones for the sh- show or any show like it to fuck up because if the monster isn't believable or interesting, then Lord knows you're not going to really support the episode that much. But this was one where just the idea that the guy could fit in and crawl in and anywhere that no really nowhere you were that you went where you were safe and the actor who played him uh an actor by the name of doug hutchinson who went on to play remember most people really remember him very well as percy wetmore from the green mile this he was a really he's a really strong character actor and he was one of those guys that just with a certain look with no special effects or makeup whatsoever can really just sell the inherent creepiness of a character so i'm going to go in this case with eugene victor tombs Tombs gets another vote. Dave. Yeah, I agree. I think Tombs was I think it was not overused, which would be really easy to do if you brought him back in season seven or something. Uh, because he was. I mean I think it had more to do with the actor than his like weird power to squeeze into any damn thing. Because that act that made no sense, but he did it so well. He was so creepy. Um and yeah, it's the perfect mix between the, the Twilight zoniness of the show and just the standard FBI cop show of it. You know, it's like good detective work and absurdist uh, thinking. Um, so Tombs is definitely, was definitely a highlight for me, even though, again, yeah, only two, two episodes in the whole series. But Tombs. Tombs gets another vote. And Josh. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Tombs is, is moving on. Um, I think the whole the the truth is out there thing. Uh, I don't know that kind of it, it kind of gets watered down because yeah, I mean obviously the truth is out there, but the whole point of the show is that every time Mulder and Scully turn around, they're getting led down the wrong path. So I mean, you kind of have to see the truth through the uh, the 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 bullshit tree forest, and it's you know. It's kind of the, the the good thing is that you never really knew what you know, what the truth was, and I think it's it's ambiguous, and that's what made the show kind of cool. Um, Tombs is a great a, a great villain, even though he's in two episodes, because you like 
he he's kind of pushing Mulder's buttons. He doesn't have like hardly any lines in the in the show, but you can tell he's kind of like he's getting to Mulder just as he got to um, the detective, like you know, back in the nineteen forties. And uh, Mulder gets kind of fired up, and he takes it pretty personally. And uh, it, it, at that point, it becomes kind of a, a you know a crusade for him. Like he's going to get this guy, and you know, as stupid as it may sound, as unbelievable as it may sound, like he's going to prove that this guy is like a hundred years old. And in the end, I don't know if he ever, if they will ever prove it. He did, he does get the guy. He puts him in an escalator and turns it on or Scully turns it on. Um, but yeah, you really see Mulder get all, I mean, fired up about something that's not, you know, aliens or, or an alien conspiracy. Like he knows he's got his guy and he's, you know, he's not backing off no matter what. And uh, I think that's, that's the cool aspect about his character, which we'll talk about later when we talk about Fox Mulder. So Eugene Victor Toombs. Toombs is into the next round. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll be back right after Monkey Farts. Oregon female, age 21, no explainable cause of death. Autopsy shows nothing. There are, however, these two distinct marks on her lower back. I've arranged to exhume one of the other victims' bodies to see if we can get a tissue sample to match the girls. Corpses in advanced stages of decay and desiccation. Distinguishing features include large ocular cavities, oblate cranium. Indicate subject is not human. Major Muller, I'm Dana Scully. I've been assigned to work with you. Riding around in flying saucers. It's crazy, Mulder. There is nothing to support that. Listen to me, Scully. This thing exists. But how do you The know? government knows about it. And I gotta know what they're protecting. We'll pack and leave town immediately or assume the consequences of intense indiscretion. I have a confirmed fallen angel in Sector 87. I'm telling you, it's like the Roswell cover-up all over again. He wants to shut down the X-Files, and he wants you out of the Bureau. How do you respond to these allegations, Agent Mulder? We've got a downcraft in those woods, sir. We both know what's out there. People that have made UFO sightings, they've reported unexplained time loss. You're saying that, that time disappeared. Time can't just disappear. It's, it's a universal invariant. Not in this zip code. They've got a UFO here, and they'll do anything to keep it a secret. Position 10 requesting backup. I know what I saw, Scully. I want you to get on that walkie-talkie and find out where Mulder is. I'm going to have every newspaper in America out here writing about your experimental aircraft. You lost nine minutes. Ah! Federal agent! Mulder! In Chicago, join Geek Fights Live on a special mission at C2E2. C2E2, C2E2, C2E2. 
investigate all geek fights, live shows, meetups, and hangouts. Your mission will be to rendezvous with your favorite geek fights hosts. Game and Shop. Testcraft. Brian Townsend. And geek fights most talented, most handsome, guest panelist, Alan. And what Geek Fights live event could be complete without the shark? Like our teas, bitches! For further intelligence, monitor all Geek Fights episodes. Imperative information can also be found at geekfights.net and c2e2.com. We'll see you in Chicago at this year's C2E2. This is Joshua from Adidas. You can find more information on www.budomartamerica.com and you're listening to Geek Fights. Double anal penetration is totally gay. Wow, that's a nice transition there. You should work on that some more. Though. No, I'm, I'm just looking at a picture of and double don't anal say, penetration. No, don't tell me what you're looking at. A picture of double anal penetration. I'm just saying it's gay. Yeah, but is it on a girl or a guy? Oh, it doesn't matter which hole it's going well, in. Well, no, it's, no, no. It, no. It's, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a mantra for life, isn't it? If it's it doesn't matter guys, what hole it's going in. If it's two in. guys and a girl, it's not as gay as if it's two guys and another guy. Well, the only thing that you're getting any kind of pleasure from is your dick rubbing against another dude's dick. Maybe you like to see a woman in pain. Unless she's got a gigantic <laughs> anus and the two dicks don't even touch. Right. That's that's the only way that's possible. But if that's if she possible. has an anus that's so big that the two dicks aren't even touching, you should not be there. <laughs> Something has gone horribly wrong. Well, actually, then what is the what friction are you getting then? Where's the friction coming in? The uh, inside her inside. Inside yeah. your brain. Yeah, but then it's just like either the top or the bottom of the shaft. It's not the entire dick. Right. And then that's and are just you weird. hitting bottom? Well, no, I'm obviously you're not hitting the bottom of her because but it's still gay. I'm just saying. What if there's like a piece of plastic between the two? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that what that's kind of what, plastic are you referring to? Uh but like but I still even consider uh just double penetration kinda gay. Well, no, I mean, there's a gay element to it. I, I won't disagree with you on that. Yeah. I, I think like, it's just wrong, though. Like, I think t- anytime two dicks are rubbing together, there's got to be some sort of a gay element to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you can have yeah. double anal penetration without the two dicks ever touching. What if one of them's a dildo? See, that's different. Because that's just two people. And, and don't forget about, at some point, the balls are going to touch. Yeah, Not necessarily. It depends on, on the angle. If you're in zero gravity, you can do it so the balls don't touch. Has there been double anal penetration in a no-grav environment? I'm sure there has. I doubt it. Oh, come on. Those dudes. But see, then it's all—it's definitely gay because it's all can dudes we, up there. Yeah, because, I mean, what, can we file for, like, a Freedom of Information Act thing from NASA? No, there have been women up there. Yeah, there have been women up there. Yeah. And I'm sure that was first on their list of things long. that needed to test out. I don't think there's been a lot of double anal on the shuttle. Maybe on the International Space Station. Oh, there's been total double penetration on the uh, double anal on the on the fucking space. There's been everything on the space station. What else? Is there if you're on a space station, I mean, you might as well. Because <sighs> God, you got to get bored after a while. Ow, they probably fucked the space station. 
Crazy. If you suck a dude's dick in zero G, does that still make you gay? I think the act of sucking a dick makes you gay. Okay. Yeah, I don't think gravity really has. You know, maybe there's cool. different rules. I, actually, no. I, I will. I will refrain. I will amend that. It is the act of sucking a dude's dick and enjoying it that makes you gay. This it, is also true. Yeah, there is. Uh, what if you there, don't enjoy it, but you're really good at it? <laughs> Well, I mean, you can be really good at something, but not necessarily interested in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people just have a natural ability for things. Uh, So everybody's back. Yeah, but how did you get the natural ability? I mean, you do have to practice. I don't know. Maybe there's classes you can take. I, I really don't know. Dave, are you there? I'm sure there's a giving head for dummies out there. I am here. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Because we could continue on with this for another forty-five minutes, it could just be another episode. But we are uh, not. No, no, to. no, no. You told me that I had a new button. I was just trying it out. Oh, okay. Talking smack about you guys. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I don't. I don't care about that. We couldn't hear it. It's not oh. recorded, so it never exactly. existed. Yeah, and uh, wow, that porn star looks exactly like. Anyway. Let's jump back into the fights. Now, uh, wait a minute. If the two dicks are in the ass at the same time, how would they coordinate the strokes so that they wouldn't one wouldn't come out? Uh, I you have to know. have the person like you have on a rowboat with the drum. The <laughs> what do they call them? The coxman? The uh, no. Well, yeah, they would call them that. Yeah, yeah, they would actually. Anyway, well, the guys could just stay in one place, and she could just do the, all the moving. We're back doing what that we would do. be the smart way to do what I agree. Every single yeah. goddamn week of the goddamn year. Uh, doing Jared Formby trademark geek cred. Um, let's go to you, Mr. Felsher. What is your geek cred? Well, I mean, I don't really use Microsoft Excel that much. <laughs> Mr. Gill, what is your geek cred, sir? Uh, I have recently quit smoking cigarettes and I'm painfully addicted to video games and I'll play video games for seven hours a day. Is that kind of geeky or, or is that something else entirely. Did that work for you? Awesomely said. Uh, Josh, what is your geek cred? Uh, you know what? Christy's sick and she can't be with us, so I'm going to go ahead and give her a little bit of love. Nope. There we go. she doesn't do geek cred. Uh, anymore, no. That, that The last episode, she was like, nope. And and that's what started Michael with his just weird... No, Michael started that first. Did he? Yeah. I could, I could swear that's the exact same episode. When no, no, I'm no. a trailblazer in that regard. That's my shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just paying okay. homage to somebody who can't be here. So, anyway, uh, let's jump back into the fighting. It is bad blood versus uh, Kyle Kyle Buckman's final repose. Oh. Clyde Bruckman. Clyde. Whatever. I don't care. Voting for bad blood. Yeah, these are my votes now. These are no longer Christie votes. Because Christy doesn't know what made it into round two. Uh, but I'm going for bad blood. Uh, Michael. Um, I'm going to vote for Clyde Breckman, which I think has also got a lot of humor in it, but it has a, a, a very nice emotional side to it. Bad blood, as much as I love it, it's very much a surface pleasures episode. It's, it, there's not much to it other than the fact that it's a very clever episode, which is not to knock it. Um, but I, I think Clyde Breckman has an emotional pull that was very, uh, very touching. And yet, at the same time, a very clever and very funny episode in, a, in and of itself. Uh, vote for Died Ruckman. Uh, David. I'm also going to vote for 
what the hell died Buck Clyde Buckman? What are you saying? Uh, uh, I was just messing it up even further. A vote for Clyde Buckman. Uh, Josh. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Clyde Buckman is 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 good, and you have obviously. Uh, uh, I want to believe the movie, and then there's um, the uh, the episode Beyond the Sea, and they all kind of have the same theme of somebody who's able to see the future. Um, in this sense, though, it's somebody who doesn't want that power. He just wants to kind of be uh, kind of a regular guy. Um, but the most important thing we learn in this episode is that no matter how much Mulder gets beat up or experimented on, uh, nobody can kill Fox Mulder except for Fox Mulder because he eventually dies from autoerotic asphyxiation. So learning that Mulder dies choking himself while he's, while he's jerking it, it's got to take the win, right? <laughs> Clyde Buckman or Cliff Huxtable, whatever. Ooh, Cliff Huxtable gets a vote. Mike? Uh, I will vote for it. Uh, Cliff Huxtable and the autoerotic asphyxiation. It's totally how I'm dying. Oh, this better not turn into a thing. What? what? Clyde Buckman gets a vote. Clyde Buckman moving on. We're on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is Fight the Future, the movie versus Home. Um, as much as I enjoyed the movie, uh, it was not a great film, and it was... Uh, um, it served its purpose, but it also was sort of a herald of, well, things are not going to be as good after this. And truly, there is a point where you can kind of point to the film, and when the series returned after that, it wasn't quite as good. Um, it did begin its its trip down the mountain, so to speak, with this one. Uh, whereas Home, that episode is truly fucked up. It, it still is fucked up. I watched it again recently, and it's... It, there's a reason that this one was kept off the repeats and syndication for a long period of time because the, the stations just went, are you kidding me? We can't put this on during normal business hours when kids might still be watching TV because this will destroy them. It is, it's truly fucked up. Any episode where the, some characters come home and decide they need to fuck to propagate their family and they pull their mother's uh, diseased, mutated corpse out from underneath a bed and fuck it. And then if the baby doesn't work out, they just bury it in the backyard. Yeah, that's that's family entertainment. So the fact that that episode disturbed everyone enough that it, it got pulled from the rotation for a while. I'm going to go with home. Uh, vote for home. Dave. I am also going to vote for home. However, I <laughs> was that? I've also thought differently about the episode because you keep saying here that like the mother was constantly raped, but she wasn't. She was trapped, but she wanted to keep the bloodline pure. Uh, so she allowed it to happen. She hated that those babies had to be buried in the yard and dug up by kids playing softball and shit. Uh, it was an incredibly disturbing episode. That is one episode that non-geeks will remember about the show, which maybe uh, isn't the best thing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was going to watch it because David Duchovny used to do that sexy show on HBO or Showtime or whatever, and they did The X-Files, and there was this one episode with this mutated family of inbreds. But that was such a disturbing show. Like, it was so wonderfully, horribly disturbing. It's unforgettable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Home. Home. Josh. Uh, what are we at right now? Two Nobody and two. 87. Are- uh, it, it's just home. All right, whatever. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the the uh, the end of X Files: Fight the Future in a Michael Felcher Jaws four esque manner. Um, 
it's it's good because it gives us everything X-Files fans wanted until the point that Scully's kidnapped. And then somehow Mulder winds up ant- in Antarctica with some, like, uh, truck that can go on the ice. And then he just happens to fall through no the hat. ice at the exact point where there's an alien ship buried underneath the ice with hundreds and thousands of abductees. He just happens to find Scully, breaks her out of a tank. Uh, she's completely naked. As they're being chased by an alien, they escape from the ship as it takes off. And somehow they make it back to Washington, D.C. without Scully dying of hypothermia. That's fucking stupid. I'm voting for it. Fight the future. Uh, vote for fight the future, <laughs> Mike. Uh, you know, th- this this is a, a little tough in some ways. Um, Home is a very creepy episode. It is a, a great, uh, it is, is incredibly well done. And, and certainly it hits all the notes that it attempts to hit. Um, but the X-Files movie, even though it's very flawed, uh, has a sense of scope that you you didn't get with the show and that I certainly was looking forward to them. I and I really wanted to see what happens when they, they kind of open things up. And I thought, I thought they did that part of it really well. Um, it, most things when they kind of transition from television to movies, uh, they're, they kind of wobble the first time out. Um, as they're really kind of figuring out how, how to navigate the differences of, of the, you know, the studio system in terms of making films and, and, a studio uh doing a tv show and they really are uh, in many ways very different beasts that have have to accomplish very different goals um and that screws them up a lot and so the the movie certainly had that that going against it um so even though it's flawed even though it's it's kind of got a lot of problems because it really did something that i wanted to see from the x-files at the time which was was have some sense of scale and scope and budget uh i'm gonna give it a little bit of love here a uh, vote for fight the future. It is all tied up. It comes down to me. Uh, you guys kind of suck. Cause uh, you know, I liked fight the future. I remember being excited for fight the future, but I also mark it as that point where I stopped really liking the X-Files like I did before fight the future. And, and you know, if you go back, you, you watch the season before uh, the season before fight the future also has flaws. Like it, it starts in that season as well, but that's because, they were filming quite the future at the same time as they were filming that season. So, you know, it, it all kind of rolls up together into one big thing. Uh, home is creepy as shit. Home does stick with me. Mm, I think I'm going to keep the bloodline pure. I'm going to go with home and not the last movie out of this thing. So home is moving on to the next round. We are on to our next fight. Dave, this one is yours. It is Luther Lee Boggs versus the Lone Gunman. Ooh, all right. Um, I think I think I'm just instinctually I'm gonna go with the Lone Gunman because uh well I never actually watched their show. Uh there wasn't a time when they popped up that I was neither uh, surprised nor unsurprised that they were, you know, gone to to help resolve a dilemma. Um and their whole origin story, I guess this like nerd techie convention thingy, it was just great. It was just, it really called out to the, the, the deep-rooted geek nerd fans of the show, but, you know, with yeah, the hot damsel in the dress and all this, they were invaluable throughout 
the entire progression of the show. They always had something, and they always looked like, oh, my God, we shouldn't be here. And I, and I really liked that. They never made them anything more than a bunch of scared nerds that knew what was up and had some skills that could help find that out. So I'm going to give it to Lone Gunman. Uh, vote Dog. for the Lone Gunman. Mike. Yeah, I agree with everything uh, with everything Dave just said there. Uh, I really like the Lone Gunman a lot. I did watch the show. I did like the show. I thought it, it was, I, I get why it was canceled. It was one of those shows that like many do find kind of find their footing uh, at the end after people have already decided not to watch. Um, and that's unfortunate because the characters really were a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, I just love some fro hickey. <laughs> a vote for the lone gunman. I'm going to vote for Luther Lee Boggs because I'm going to vote for Luther Lee Boggs. No reason. Although I might switch back to lone gunman. Michael. Uh, I'm also going to vote for the lone gunman. Um, Good trio of characters, and their show was underrated, although I don't know if I necessarily would have wanted a long run on that show, but uh, I could have used some more of it, definitely. So, Lone Gunman. Uh, vote for the Lone Gunman. And Lone Gunman are moving on to the next round. We are on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. It is the Unnatural versus Dana Scully. I didn't actually get to vote on the last one, but I'm going to go with Lone Gunman. You didn't? Uh, no, but that's oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I started with that. I can talk about some other stuff. Um, Fail. You know what I did forget is actually the part where Fight the Future went wrong is when Mulder gets shot in the head and then he um, escapes from the hospital that night. That's where it got stupid. Um, so the unnatural versus versus Dana Scully. Um, as Michael pointed out, it's tough because we've got somebody who makes the show it, the show couldn't be the show without Scully. She is the, she's the angel and the devil on, on Mulder's shoulder. Um, and, and, and Fox Mulder is, is not in this anymore. Um, and I feel actually, I don't think we have any, well, tombs is still in it, but I, the unnatural is the top three for me. Um, because it's a standalone episode and it's not a standalone episode. It brings mythology into it. Um, it doesn't tell you anything that you don't know uh, or anything that you need to know, but it does give you like nice little tidbits um, about the, the overall story and about how, um, you know, these aliens don't experience joy. They don't smile. Um, and, and to me, it's a perfect perfect episode except for one slight thing is that when the alien looks like an alien he never talks like an alien he always talks like he's from the deep south uh which is kind of funny um but other than that that's that's an episode that i can sit down um and i can watch and i think anybody who's not a fan could sit down and actually watch that because um it's it's kind of like field of dreams meets um I don't know, Starman, something like that. It really kind of brings Mulder's passion of baseball um, and his, we really bring up the fact that he's impatient. He constantly wants answers. And, and um, what's his face? His brother is telling him, hey, listen, you know what? Sometimes you have to sit down and relax and enjoy life and the answers are going to come to you. Sometimes they don't, but, you know, whatever. Just chill out, Mulder. And he does. He kind of learns to chill it out. Um, and then eventually the episode winds up with uh, Mulder holding Scully's hands um, trying to hit baseballs as his, as I'm going to assume, rather massive erection is poking her in the ass 
Um, but still she shows concentration and she's making contact every time. The unnatural. It's a tiny erection. Mike? This uh this this is kind of interesting. You make uh, raise some interesting points there. Um I guess this you know, this is gonna be where we really have to decide what we're gonna talk about uh in this episode. Um did you say Fox didn't make it through? He did. No, no, he did. He oh did, yes, but... I'll say. Um and yeah, I it really we we have the potential here oh. for Fox versus Scully uh, at the end, and it would make a lot of sense because they are the two most important things in the show. But it's also something you know we don't necessarily want to see. Um, and you know, personally, I am not of the opinion that uh, Scully was as necessary to the show. Um, it was a great relationship. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the character, but I think that the role that she played uh, could have been played by, or could have been the thing she brought to the show could have been done. Uh, by by other characters and even other types of characters, the show really does center around the this conspiracy thing, this supernatural thing, which is really kind of what what Fox is there for. Um, but I'm going to kind of uh, sort of side with what Michael was saying earlier, and I'm going to vote against uh, Dana here, and, and probably vote against Fox later because I think that the discussion that we can have about the moments that make up the X-Files might be a more interesting thing than, than the characters. It's almost like they're, they're too big. That's like saying, you know, the X-Files as, as something on their song. I'm going to vote against Scully, not necessarily because I, I have a problem with, with Scully, but because I kind of want to just get those big gun characters off the, the board uh, in this particular thing. And, uh, and because I think, um, it, it really is a good episode, even though it's in it. There's an episode that, that doesn't really have the main characters in it much, but it still uh, just weaves a very, very uh, sweet and interesting and uh, engrossing story. I'll vote for the unnatural. And uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, but they didn't. They made Dana Scully. And uh, the, my, my, because you said, you know, they could have done the show without Scully and they tried. And that's when I really stopped when she got pregnant both times. She had two kids during the show or was it just one? I think it was two. Uh, during, during that time when she was off the show, the show dropped down for me. Uh, not that I had any problem with Crycheck and I don't like uh, Mulder. I do. It's just the, I think Michael is correct. The yin and the yang, the both of them together is what makes the show go. And when it's just Mulder with all his crazy theories, it, lo- it loses me a little bit. Not, not, not that I don't like Mulder. I think Mulder's great. But when it's Mulder and Crycheck, or who was the other? Didn't he have another partner too? Mike? Somebody? I don't think so. But it, it was Mulder. Well, he worked with Bender for some point. Bender went down there. Yeah. like when, when he worked with other people, it just never felt as good or as right or, or anything as when he was with Scully. So I am going to vote for Scully here. But uh, only as a fuck you to Mike. <laughs> Michael? Um, I think it's all been said. I agree with what Mike said. Every, you know, I, I think at this point, the episodes are the things that are going to drive the best of the X-Files rather than simply identifying with one character. Although I, it's interesting. I, I think so much of whether or not a 
um, a leading duo works has to do with the casting of the actors. You put another actress in the role of Dana Scully. I don't know if it would have worked. It was that miracle thing where somehow David Duchovny ended up with Gillian Anderson. And there was something about their, their dynamic, the two of them on screen in those characters that worked. And it's that, it's that magical thing. You'll never be able to ever really. It's like when they recast, they did the remake of psycho and they did it almost word for word, shot for shot, but they put all new actors in that were close enough to the originals and it didn't work because at the end of the day, there's something about Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee and, and those people in that situation, and it's it, it's it's not something you can put your finger on. So, you know, would the character of Dana Scully worked had Annabeth Gish played her? I don't know, probably not, but maybe it's it's impossible to say. But um, that's really all I have to say about that. I'm going with the unnatural. Dave, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that to end that way. Uh, so the unnatural, the thing about the unnatural, I mean, it's a great episode, but you cannot go wrong with a science fiction show using uh, a, a sport in, in a more racist period to introduce an alien as representative of everything that's wrong with that time. You know, it's a great triumph over adversity story. This alien comes and he doesn't have bad intentions to the human beings. He just wants to play ball and he starts to look like a, a black guy in what was it, the 50s, the 40s, and he's amazing and that's great, but that can be done in any show. X-Files did it very well. But Dana Scully is the character that is supposed to represent the audience. I don't know if there's a term for that, right? Uh, she's the one we come into the show with. She shows up. Uh, she's got a shitty boss that says, you're going to work to make this guy look like a fool. She comes in with all of her science rationale from her medical training, all of her Catholic uh, thinking from her upbringing. So she's sort of supposed to represent all of us that are watching the show that have no idea about aliens and conspiracies and have bad procedures and stuff like that. And that's why she's important. And the casting, yes, was fantastic because you could have put a different actress in that. You could have put an actress that was about the ego, that was about the sexy, that was about something else. But she was a beautiful woman, uh, but realistically so. And I always empathize and sympathize with her as a character while watching the show, far more so than David Duchovny. Do I wish I could have been molded with all his quirky knowledge and his ability to recognize that there's a screw missing from that vent so Victor Coombs might have escaped there, even though that makes absolutely no fucking sense? Yes, that would have been cool, but thinking like Scully, it made more sense. So she was our way to open up to this grander world of madness, monsters, and aliens. And, and I think that that's why she, she's probably more important Important than than Mulder is. So I'm giving my vote to Dana Scully. But the unnatural is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah, it, it hurts, but I I think that did need to be said about Scully. Um, yeah, but but you're wrong because she's she's unnecessary. What? Yeah, but you're wrong. She's unnecessary. She's unnecessary. Okay. I will I will agree with that one because she's unnecessary for you. You came to the show for something completely different than a lot of other people. Uh, oh, so yeah. the thing that was not on any other TV show. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, next fight. 
Uh, I'm now voting opposite you every time. I don't even care now. Uh, Erlenmeyer I'm just going to cut out everything you say and vote for you then. <laughs> Versus Agent Doggett. Uh, you would not waste your time on that one. Uh, for Mike, Geek Spite? That, yeah. Spite does not run that deep. It, it, it's all yours, Mike. Erlenmeyer Flask versus Agent Doggett. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually appreciate what everybody said about Doggett uh, last time out, and, and certainly I've liked Robert Patrick on uh, many other things, but uh, like I said, I really don't remember. I do remember the kind of blue-collar aspect, and I did, I did like that a lot. I thought he was actually a very uh, unique character on this show, and that was, was very interesting, and I think in many ways was probably a you know, unfortunate for his time, but maybe was a better kind of entry point for an audience than, you know, the, the FBI agent, doctor, you know, genius sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, as a character, I don't even remember, uh, EBE, like I said, was a show that kind of really sums up or Erlenmeyer flash really sums up, uh, what, what the show is, is kind of about. It's that, that big mystery and it's got that great closing scene. I'm taking that as a vote for Erlenmeyer Flask, but I will be voting for uh, Agent Doggett because I literally am going to vote against Mike on every fight. So uh, here's hoping Mike isn't voting for the thing that you like. Uh, a vote for Agent Doggett. Michael? Why are you voting against Mike? Because fuck him. That's why. All right. Um... I'm going to go with uh, Erlenmeyer Flask here because if I'm not going to vote for the Dana Scully character to go forward, I don't think I can really vote for the Doggett character to go forward, even though I do admire Robert Patrick's work on the role and wish that he had been introduced in another venue, in another time, in another place. He might have gotten more credit than he's gotten. But the Erlenmeyer Flask is a representative of the of the mythology episodes, of the conspiracy episodes. Pretty, it's pretty solid. So, Erlenmeyer Flask. A vote for Erlenmeyer Flask. Dave. Here's the thing about Doggett. He's one of two actors that I've heard on screen, large or small, that uses the word him as him. And the other one was Elliot in E.T. And I, every time that Doggett was in the exiles, he's like, yeah, we're looking for Morgan, but we can't find him. I always thought of Elliot, and I don't know why, but I thought it was some weird way charming. I looked them up on the IMDb. They didn't grow up in the same area, so I don't know where in the country you use the word him as Eam, but I love that about Asian Doggett. And I think Alan Myers-Flash is probably going to go on, and it should, but for the sake of, uh, of Patrick, I'm giving the vote to Doggett. What? It, it is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Josh. Which one takes the win? Yeah, I thought I was just going to be able to blow this off and start drinking again to the next fight. But um, if I'm going to vote for something, then I'm going to go ahead and have a reason for it. Um, like I said before, it, with Agent Doggett, it's like eating, like I said before, it's like eating at that restaurant and you get sick. Nothing wrong with the restaurant. You just happen to get sick. It just, it just leaves an impression on you. And I just kind of felt like uh, when that had happened, I was in college at the time, so my life had transitioned, and I just kind of felt like the X Files I knew that I that I grew up with when I was in junior high and high school um, was gone at that point, and it just kind of felt like you know, it's not that it, it was bad; it was like they had new people in there, and it was it was it was like I've been like you know kicked in the gut um, because when I loved it, I loved it, um, and then when I hated it, I just 
I despised it. I watched it anyway, but I still despised it. Um, with Flask, I think it's the first time you kind of get a scope of like what's going on as far as like the the how many different parties are involved in this whole conspiracy. Um, uh, Deep Throat actually says to to Scully, you know, he's talking to her about how you know you've got people working for other people, and like we don't even know how many groups are out there, but these guys are trained to kill and they do it well. And then at the end, he wants to make the exchange and, and she doesn't want to. And he's like, just give it to me. And let me make the exchange. And uh, he says to her that, you know, do you know what kind of people you're dealing with? You know, these are the kind of people who will take an alien virus and give it to fucking like eight year olds um, somewhere because they want to see what happens. And uh, I don't think enough was really played on that. Like, I think she should have had more of a shocked look on her face. Like, that's that's really fucked up. And then he dies making the exchange. And you want to think, oh, he was a good guy. He wanted to help them. But he just said, you don't know what the hell's going on. Like, he was helping them. But was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? No, somebody just had a beef with him. And uh, and he's dead. And, you know, she's left with Mulder and this guy in the street. And, uh you start to get the scope of what's happening um, that Mulder and Scully are going to be pawns in a game where, you know, pretty much uh, the world is the loser um, and there's no stopping it. And that's pretty fucking depressing. Um, God, now I don't want to vote for it because it's so depressing. Agent Doggett. A vote for Agent Doggett. God damn you. Damn you to hell! I want. No, to I'm just kidding. I'm. I'm just kidding. I'm going with flask. Thank I you. Can't. I can keep my spite up. <laughs> I wasn't gonna wreck the whole episode to send fucking Agent Doggett into the next That's round. That's where my everywhere were shutting off. Then I'm changing my vote. Wait, are you gonna change your vote to no. Agent Doggett? I yeah. will accept that. Uh, we are on to our next fight. It's musings of a cigarette smoking man versus EBE. This is really hard because I don't know which one Mike is going to vote for, but I will assume that he's voting for the season one episode over the cigarette smoke, but he likes the cigarette smoking man a lot. Um, hmm. I'm, 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 I'm going to go with uh, musings, but depending on what Mike votes on, I will switch my vote automatically. I, I don't, I don't even care. Uh, Michael. I will also vote for uh, Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Dave? A tough one. Definitely two great episodes, but I will also vote for Musings. Josh? God, um, I feel like I have to make an argument for EBE here. Uh, but I think I already said everything I had to say about it. Um, I, do, I do like the fact that uh, when you see the you see the lone gunman for the first time and, and uh, Mulder shows him a photo or actually maybe he doesn't show them the photo. He shows Scully a photo and it's like, she quickly points out all the flaws in it. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is, this is what's wrong with this. This is wrong with this. I mean, he's so jaded by his, you know, his drive for this to all be true. And he takes it to an expert and it turns out, yeah, you know, it is fake. Um, and then he gets all pissed off because he's being led down the wrong path by um, uh, a deep throat. And then like deep throat winds up helping him out in the end anyway. Um, but I thought it was, it was a great twist. And it was the first time you see this, this kind of twist um, 
with they find the truck and then it looks like a UFO comes and and takes a bunch of shit. And then Mulder realizes, oh, fuck, like this was all for show. And that's when you start to get the idea that, you know, whenever they get close, they're just going to have their rug pulled out from under them. And that's like that kind of got on your nerves as a fan watching it because you just wanted them to get some kind of hard proof. But in the end, that's what kept bringing you back. And that's what made the show great is they would get close and they think they would think they have something. They would think they have, you know, found something substantial and concrete. And the next thing you know, they're realizing that they were set up or that somebody's switching something on the end and, and they're getting fucked with and they keep coming back for it and we keep coming back for it week after week. And that is what made the show great. That is what gave me a heart on every Friday night in high school when that music came on and it was an alien episode. It was a mythology episode. It was great. And I'm voting for it. And fuck you guys for voting for musings, even though it's a good episode. Friday night. Um, yeah, it was it was Friday, and then it went to Sunday. Uh, did you forget I that it was, it was? I thought it was Sunday. No, no, it started out as a Friday night show, and then became a Sunday night show for the huge blockbuster evening of Simpsons, something else, and then X Files. Oh, X Files was right. Friday night. Deep Space Nine was Saturday night. Well, that depends. I didn't have a lot of dates in high school. Syndicate. I like the fact that you had to say Simpsons and something else because they tried something else so much five hundred times. Yeah, it was Simpsons something it's else. Funny. I, yeah, I just I remember the Sunday. It's funny. I totally forgotten about Friday. Don't worry about it. Man, uh, I was way too old for dates at that point. Uh, but a vote for EBE, Mike. What are you voting? Uh, not that it would matter. Uh, I agree with everything uh, Everything that's been said about EBE. Um, I think it is a good document uh, of the show. It is, uh, it, it is. I mean, that, that was really the first time that the show grabbed me. Uh, what, that was when you really un- started to understand the relationship you were going to have with this show. Um, and it, it did tie into to the mythology, even though you didn't really necessarily even know about the mythology at that time. Um, it, it's a great show. Uh, obviously, uh, Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man is moving on, so I will vote for Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man because if my vote's going to get negated each time, I might as well just vote for the thing that's winning. Uh, you just making a third option, Mike. Why, why, why don't you vote for EBE anyway, Mike? No, if you vote for EBE, vote, Damon changes his, and then you can change yours back, and EBE gets through. No, but then he'll change vote for nothing, back. sir. Vote for EBE, Mike. Why? Do it. All right, I'll vote for EBE. Because I don't like the usings of a cigarette smoking, man. EBE is moving on into the next one. Okay. <laughs> I've like changed. Credit for wait, the wait, 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 wait. What, what, the, what the hell just happened? I changed my I vote. Know, I really so didn't want to vote for musings of a cigarette smoking, man. I didn't Did want you to. just... It was a coup d'etat. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man, I want to change my vote. No, wait. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't work. Uh, EBAE is moving on. We well, this on. isn't. Well, fuck you. I don't. It's, this is. Oh, oh, that's way too much feedback. Whistling on this connection. Versus Fox Mulder. Uh, Michael, that's yours. Fuck you. That's my vote. All right. <laughs> Dave? I also would like to vote for fuck you. All right. Let's do votes for fuck you. <laughs> two votes for fuck you. Josh? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I want to get characters out of this because I think it's going to make it a whole lot better in the next round. So I will vote for the song literally that shaped my 
uh, my preteens or no, no, I guess it would be my teens. You're in, you're a teenager when you're in junior high, right? I guess maybe or whatever That's how smart you are. Uh, well, the fact that I don't know that means I'm not that smart. So, <laughs> no, as, as much, and you know what, uh, we're going to say a lot of shit about Fox Mulder any or shit. We're going to say a lot of good stuff about Fox Mulder anyway. Um, and how good of a character he is in, in one episode or the other. Um, and yes, David Kevany was the perfect, the perfect casting for that role. And, uh, I think that probably at least I could in high school, uh, could, could really relate to that guy. Um, Fox Mulder was kind of like the Sidney Crosby of the FBI. I mean, here's this, you know, guy who's got all the skills. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be the guy. He's written papers already. He's, he's, you know, caught criminals by psychologically profiling them because he's probably a little fucked up too. And, you know, instead of, instead of being the star in the FBI, he wants to go work in the basement doing the X-Files. It's like Sidney Crosby saying, I'm just going to go coach peewee hockey and forget about professional hockey. And, uh, that's that's like a huge fuck you to the FBI, um, and I love that. But like I said, we're getting rid of characters here, so it's got to be the theme. A uh, vote for the theme song, Mike. Uh, this is tough. I agree. We should get rid of characters, but now it's really a choice between theme song and fuck you. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I will vote for fuck you. <laughs> I will vote for theme song to tie it up. And give uh, it to you, Damon. It is all tied up between theme song and fuck you. And fuck you. Exactly. Fuck you is moving on into the next round. We are on to our next fight. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm writing fuck you down. Uh, Damn right you're writing fuck you down. Well, fuck so you. fuck you is going to win now. <laughs> no, no. No, it's not. No. We're kind of figure that should probably win every episode. Of <laughs> I mean, that's really... It is an iconic thing that has not made it onto the, uh, to a list yet. Just fuck you. But fuck you is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Dave, this one is yours. It is Jose Chung from Out of Space versus Victor Tombs. Wait, isn't Victor, wait, isn't Victor Tombs the vulture? Uh, no, it is... That's uh, Adrian Tombs. Okay, it's Eugene. Adrian, yeah. Come Eugene. on. God, yeah. Now, uh, Victor Tombs. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because, like, exceptional episode versus exceptional character. The character's only in two episodes. The episode's only one episode. Uh, but I'm going to give it to uh, Jose Chung because, again, like, such a weird and memorable episode of a show that had, again, like, this enormous following which seemed so unlikely to audiences, mostly to, like, us, that so many regular people would enjoy this show um, as much as they did. Um, and be able to pull off an episode like this where you didn't know what was going on. Was he an alien? Was he a pilot? Who was smoking? Who was where? Was that triangle in the sky a pizza delivery person? Or, you know, uh, I don't know. It was weird. It was great. So I'm going to give it to Jose Chung. A uh, vote for Jose Chung. Josh? Uh, you know, I've got a lot of great things to say about Jose Chung. I'm going to save them once again, but there's two great parts in that episode. Uh, number one is when they're in what you are led to believe is the alien ship. And the guy is there with his girlfriend and he's like, you're the most important thing in my life. Cause he just had sex with her. So he's saying all this shit and I'll protect you no matter what. And then all of a sudden the door opens with the light and they come to take her. And he's like, all right, have, have at her. I'm fucking done with this. He just scurries off in the corner. That's great. Um, and then Mulder's sitting in the diner, fucking chowing down on uh, 
sweet potato pie and he's talking to uh one of the airmen and the guy's like i don't know what's real man i don't know if i'm real i don't know if you're real i don't know if these mashed potatoes are real i'm voting for mashed potatoes because they're real a vote for jose jones uh mike uh i am going to vote for jose chung because of Alex Trebek. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I still like Toons a lot. I'm 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 going to vote for the character, but only because he's uh, we he's going to go out no matter what. But I'm I'm going to vote for the character just just because the characters in general that they made up on this show were fantastic. So I'm going to go with uh, Toons uh, for that one and Michael. <laughs> uh, vote for Jose Chung, and Jose Chung is moving on. We're at our well, for a spot in the final four. Uh, Josh, this one is yours. It is Clyde Buckman versus Home. All right, it's, um, like it's Brockman, not Buckman. Brock with an R. Well, see, I am looking at what uh, was spelled out on the list here, and it's Buckman. So sorry. I'm just reading what I have in front of me. Fair enough. All right. Um, so I think I think we all love home. It's it's sick and it's twisted and it's you know I think it's really it's very popular just because it was one of those things that it, it didn't air right away. Um, and then that great scene in the beginning where you don't have any idea what's going on and everything's dark and there's rain. And these two people are burying something. And I don't think you actually see what they're burying. Um, but you know, you know, it's not good. And then the kids are playing baseball and they come across the hand. And you're like, holy shit, what are we in for in this episode? Um, and then a lot of crazy shit happens in the middle. And one of the inbred brothers dies. But then at the end, like they get away and they're driving in this old, like, Cadillac. I can't remember what song is playing. It's it's kind of it's an ironic song to be playing, but it's fucking creepy because like these guys are still alive and they're still out there. Um, and uh, I think it's kind of scary because there's probably people in our country, probably not too far away from where we actually live, that are like that. Um, that being said, uh, Clyde Bruckman is. It's it's not a humorous episode. I mean, it's it's not humorous in the overall storyline. Isn't supposed to be funny, but you find yourself laughing. Um, and I love the part where they find out who this 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 guy is, and and um, uh, what's his face? Raymond's father says, "Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he works at this place. He makes this amount of money. He took out this much life insurance." And I'm like, "Wow, you can get all that from a business card?" He goes, "No, I actually sold him insurance last week." It's like. They, they get really like psyched up about this guy's abilities and it's, he's, he doesn't really care about it. It's just something that he does. Um, and he doesn't want to be bothered. He really doesn't. Um, but they're there and they're bothering him. Um, and it's just the stuff he comes out with about the autoerotic asphyxiation. Um, you know, the, the things about the, the little stormtrooper with a hat and, and, um, you know, Mulder's like hundred percent in on this guy and Scully could be more skeptical of him. Um, and it's, you know, it's a story about him. It's not about the people being murdered. We see the murderer twice. Uh, we, we, you know, we're, it's, it's, that's a secondary thing that people are being murdered. It's all about just some old insurance guy who just wants to, 
you know, he just wants to live his life and, and, you know, he knows when he's going to die and, and, uh, he just happens to be able to see the future sometimes, uh, no big deal. Um, and it's sad. Um, and it's funny. So it's, 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 it's Bruckman, uh, barely, but it's Bruckman. Uh, vote for Bruckman. Mike. Uh, I will also vote for, for Clyde or Clyde. Was it Clyde? I don't have my list up. I'll vote for Bruckman or Buckman or whoever it is. Um, because, uh, while, uh, it home is, was, was a great episode, but it's all, it's, it's not a, sorry. what it's yeah, not a, sorry. it's not, it's not really a, a paranormal or a super or a supernatural episode. I mean, this is, it's about, you know, inbred mountain folk and we got plenty of them. And, uh, and even though it's creepy and X-Files does that fantastic, you know, for me seeing these kind of glimpses into the unreal and, and Clyde Bruckman, it's interesting because it is this unreal. I mean, it is psychic phenomenon and it's even got that weird fake psychic in it, in it also. Um, but, you know, the character uh, of Clyde is so real and, and much more real and grounded than most of the characters on the show. And I think that's kind of an interesting uh, parallel and interesting that the, the interesting thing the show did very well, which is make that extraordinary work with the ordinary. Um, and it, it's a great performance uh, and, uh, and it's a great, you know, Mulder is, is a true believer and Scully is a skeptic episode way before that got played out. Uh, it's really just a good, fine example of, of one. I mean, it's, it's not a monster episode, you know, because the, the supernatural element in it is, uh, is actually kind of a good guy. And it just shows how difficult it would be to have that ability. Um, I mean, or it could be under certain circumstances, uh, really just a great understated episode. So I will vote for Clyde Bruckman. I will also vote for Cliff Huxtable, Michael. Oh fuck you! Um, I'm gonna vote for uh, Clyde Bruckman as well. I, I think Mike said it best. Home is a good episode, but it's a little bit of a gimmicky thing. I mean, it's 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 almost trying to be sort of, you know, oh look how fucked up this is, and that's great and everything. It was really edgy and it's a very well made episode, but it's not necessarily one that uh, I go back to as necessarily indicative of the best of the X Files. Well, I think Clyde Bruckman has a lot more of that going for it. So I'm going to go with Clyde Bruckman. Another vote for Clyde Bruckman. Dave, is it a clean sweep? No. Because everybody made a lot of really great points about the Clyde Bruckbuck, whatever the hell his name is, man. Uh, but the home, uh, you know, I mean, it's basically whole horror movie done with the X-Files characters. Uh, and it was like, it, because it was so memorable like, for, for me, that is a more memorable episode than Clyde Buckman. That is a more memorable episode than the first time I see the black ooze. That is a more memorable episode. You know what I mean, like, because it was unpredictable. Yes. It pushed the envelope. Yes. It did it on purpose. Yes. It was extreme to the point of being kind of painfully obvious that they were trying to do something that had never been done on television before. And that leaky nastiness, but they did it. And you couldn't have done that on any other show. So I find that that is, in fact, indicative of the X-Files. Um, to, to put this 
this storyline, this plot, this, this disgusting nastiness out to the millions and millions of viewers that tuned in every Friday and or Sunday night uh, to watch the X-Files, that, that's pretty baldy. And um, I think that says a lot about the strength of the writers and producers of, that, of the X-Files, like that they were willing to do this. Uh, so I'm going to give it to that. You know, I'm going to give it to home. Mama, I'm coming home because you lost. Home is lost. And Clyde Brooks. You buried me in the backyard. Is in uh, the final four. On to our next fight, Mike. This is yours. It is the lone gunman, the last characters left, versus the unnatural. Uh, Interesting. Um, And I wasn't necessarily trying to just eliminate characters. I just wanted, I I mostly wanted to get. uh, Mulder and Scully off because they're they're such big guns. The the lone gunmen I think are small enough to to stay on. Um, I think they're going to lose to the uh, unnatural um, because it is a great episode. But I'm still going to vote for them uh, because I, I just like them more. I mean, I actually didn't remember the unnatural that much until we started looking this up, and then it sort of sank in. And when I watched it again, I watched all the actual episodes before we recorded. Um, I enjoyed it a great deal, but you know, just to me, it starts getting kind of odd that, you know, if we're, if we're going to say what is one of the best things about the Ep- X-Files is a show that, uh, Mulder and Scully really aren't even in except Mulder. I mean, Mulder's getting a story told to him. Um, and, uh, that would just seem kind of odd. I mean, I guess this could have almost been another, you know, the flashback could have just been, hell, it could have been a twilight zone episode. It could have been something else. I mean, it, it's is great. It's incredibly well done. Um, and, uh, and certainly they do tie it into the mythology, but I think it's just not X files enough, uh, as far as episodes go. And we've got some much more X files, the episodes on here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally done with the lone guy. I mean, I, I actually, like I said before, I, I was, I was one of those guys. I was one of the conspiracy nut guys, uh, even before the show came out. Um, so that's actually always my favorite part of the show. And some of the stuff that they say on there, a lot of it is actually real conspiracies. And some of it I believe. Or I want to believe. <laughs> Asshole, I want to believe. Well, you really know that the truth is out there, Mike. Uh, I'm voting for the lone gunmen as well because the lone gunmen are awesome and I've hung out with one of the lone gunmen. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Michael. Knowing all these goddamn awesome people. I know one of the lone gunmen. I don't remember his name. I hung up with him. We're Facebook friends. But I, I shut up. Lone gunman, get a vote from me. Uh, Michael? That was a very confusing fuck you. I don't understand why I was. No, no, fuck you's on the other side of the brackets. Yeah, I know that. I'm going to vote for lone gunman. Another vote for the lone gunman. Dave? I have not hung out with the lone gunman, though I have hung out with the actor that played Jeffrey Spender one time. Uh, very nice guy. But I'm going to vote for the lone gunman as well, because uh, yeah, I did always consistently and uh, oh, yeah, always, always enjoyed them when they were on the show. Another vote for the lone gunman. Josh, is it a clean sweep? Well... I, you know what? I was going to say something for the unnatural, but I guess I have to say it now. Um, you know, that's the part, the, the, the thing about the unnatural is that they kind of weave uh, a lot of different things. In, and one of the big things is race. And 
I think, you know, something we, we, we forget about is that we talk about race amongst humans as, as different colors, different shapes, different languages. And really this, this is a good episode to remind us that, um, there really is no such thing as race. It's something that people on this earth have made up to try to say that people are better than someone else. Listen, we're all humans. We just have different colored skin. We come from different places. We talk differently. Um, you know, it, the, the, the fact that there is a racism, not racism. Well, no, the, 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 the term racism is just, is kind of stupid too. Even if you use it to be against racism, there's no such thing as racism because there aren't different races. There's just different colored people, but I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Well, I I can't hear you very well. I'm on a roll here, so I can't break my train of (laughs) But I mean, I think what it makes you look at is like, yeah, listen, if, if there are aliens out there, and we we see that, then geez, then a then a line can be drawn of what's race and what isn't race, and and I think it you know I think it brings us closer together as human beings, and I think I think maybe in a in a roundabout way that's what that episode kind of tries to bring around, like the aliens, like I've got to be with my family, and um, the cop is like, listen, you know, your family's here, like the team is your family, and he's like, no, those people are my family. And it's kind of, you know, he, he, he's become part of the team and it's, 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 you know, it's a family thing. It's, it's, you, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's a beautiful episode. I think it's kind of gay for me to say it's a beautiful episode, but it is, it's so well done. Um, and I think anybody can watch it. Um, but when it comes down to it, those conspiracy, the conspiracy theory guys that Mike used to be, I'm still one of them. So the lone gunman. Mike didn't used to be, he's still a lone gunman. But the lone oh. gunmen are in the final four. We're on to our next fight. Whose name is that? Is that right? Oh, it's mine. It is Erlen Meyer Flask versus EBE. Uh, yeah, I always like setup more than payoff. So I'm going to go with EBE. Uh, Michael? I'm going to vote for Erlen Meyer Flask again. I would like to see in the final four a representative of the overall conspiracy and uh, overall mythology uh, element of the show. And I think that's the stronger representative of that here. Um, not that it was my favorite aspect of the, of the X-Files by any stretch, but it deserves recognition for that. So Erlenmeyer Flask. Uh, vote for Erlenmeyer Flask. Dave. I totally agree with Michael. Like, both were excellent. Both were valid. But I think that even early on, like that, it was, a, it was an overall example of, of what the, what the X-Files is really about, uh, plot-wise. And so, early Meyer Flask. Josh? Uh, you know what? I think, I think with X-Files episodes, with the overall mythology, it's, it's kind of like, like chasing a girl. Uh, you know, once you catch her, the thrill's kind of gone. And I feel like, yeah, EBE sets you up, and it's the chase. And it's the fact that it kind of leaves you with a little bit more uh, more questions than it does answers. Whereas flask kind of gives you, uh, uh, you know, answers, solid answers. It kind of gives you a direction of where things go and it, it gives you an idea of how things are. Um, and I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of like being strung along and, and kind of jerked around from week to week, not knowing what's going on or having to try to figure out what to believe. Um, so, you know, they're both good episodes, but overall the, the one that really, the one that kind of warms my cockles is EBE, you know, it, that does it for me more than flask. Um, you know, EBE. Cock. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, a vote for EBE. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? Oh, dude, this is tough. Uh, I put see? both of these on the list. See, see, now, now you see how I'm fucking you. See, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I always vote for fuck you, Mike. That's always an option, apparently. Um, I put both of these on the list. They are both among my favorite episodes. Um, honestly, I, if you would have asked. Ask me this question a week ago, it would be Erlenmeyer Flask. I remember it more. Um, there's more going on in it. Uh, there's more big, important things in it. But uh, as I watched EBE again, I was reminded, and, and like, like I, I believe I said earlier, that was, the, that was the show that hooked me. That was the show I'd watched. You know, see, I, I think I missed the first couple of episodes. I didn't see the pilot. Probably three or four episodes. You know, this is back in the days before... Uh, there was, you know, on demand and things like that. So if you didn't know someone who taped it, there was no internet to download things or stuff like that. You just missed it. But fortunately, you could kind of pick it up. They didn't have Wikipedia to look things up either. Um, but that was the episode that made me say, oh, I am in. I am watching this every week. They completely suckered me. Uh, every misdirection that, that, you know, the dark forces that, that be uh, laid down on Mulder worked for me too. Uh, I was a sucker. I thought we were going to get the payoff. We didn't get the payoff. And the fact that that feeling basically becomes what the show turned into for a very long time. And, and eventually when we did get the payoff, uh, it, it wasn't that great. Uh, so even though I love Erlenmeyer Flask and I actually still think that Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoff at the end uh, is is one of my favorite moments in the X-Files. And that's the reason I put it on the list is that that ending shot at the Pentagon. Uh, I'm going to vote for EBE because the bouncing around that the characters do, the bouncing around that the audience does, uh, getting a payoff dangled in front of you and then pulled away, that's the X-Files. That really says X-Files to me more than anything else. So EBE. And EBE is in the final four. And for the last spot in the final four, Michael, this fight is yours. It is fuck you versus Joseph Chung. Oh, uh, Jose Chung. Uh, I have a long, long thing to say about Jose Chung, but if somehow fuck you gets in over Jose Chung, then we've really been wasting our time. Uh, vote for Jose Chung. Dave? Well, while I feel that every geek fight is a waste of time, I enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, I will agree that just randomly starting out fuck you. Amusing, though it may be. Uh, isn't, isn't fair to something that obviously respects everyone that's been on this panel, anyone that's willing to listen to this particular geek fight. Uh, you know, an incredible show that lasted nine seasons that you know, is part of pop culture, is part of our geek reference material. Uh, I will give it to uh, the always memorable Jose Chung episode. A vote for Jose Chung. Josh. Uh, yeah, like Michael, I have a lot to say about Jose Chung. Uh, so I'm going to vote for it. I'm going to choose a reason to vote for it. Um, somebody chose Alex Trebek. I'm going to choose Jesse Ventura, uh, the future governor <laughs> who let people know that what you saw in the sky was Venus. Venus is very bright this time of year. That's probably what you saw. You saw Venus. I'm voting for the body, Jesse Ventura. Oh, vote for Jose Chung. Mike. This is really tempting. I mean, I, I actually, I, 
I want to vote for fuck you guys just because fuck you guys, because God damn it. I want to vote for something like that. Um, but fortunately, uh, fuck you guys. Fuck. You can't really move on because Jose Chung is awesome. Um, I'm not even going to risk it. I will vote for Jose Chung because it is a great bleeping episode. I'm voting for fuck you guys because how could I not vote for fuck you guys two times in a geek fight? And we would not, have expected nothing less from you. Yeah. And, and it's just fuck you. It's not necessarily fuck you guys. It's just fuck you. Uh, but fuck yeah, you I, I was saying fuck you guys for making me choose between fuck you and Jose John. Okay. Okay. Well, I say fuck all y'all. Can that be in the next round? No, because we're at the I'm final I'm changing fights. my vote to fuck all y'all. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> yeah, how the hell would we ever explain that? Hey, so what one best of X Files? Fuck, fuck all y'all. Fuck all. <laughs> uh, but we are, we are at the final fight. Uh, it is Clyde Bruckman versus the Lone Gunman, and EBE versus Jose Chung. Uh, Dave, this first fight is yours. It's Clyde Bruckman versus the Lone Gunman. Oh, I always hate this part of the program when we get down to the top two or four or what have you. Strangely, ever five or seven. That would be odd. Uh, but that is tough. Uh, but I would do it up for the lone gunman because, uh, yeah, I really, I, I, there was never, like I said before, there was never a time that I didn't enjoy them on the show or they were like a necessary break from either the conspiracy stuff or the monster stuff or what have you. Like, yeah, Lone Gunman, I'm going to like this episode. Bam. So give it up to them. A vote for the Lone Gunman. Josh. Uh, you know, the one question that Clyde Bruckman doesn't actually answer is, is the specifics of Mulder's death when it comes to autoerotic asphyxiation. Does he just kind of choke himself with a tie or does he David Carradine himself by wrapping some rope around his balls, then his neck and then hanging himself in a closet. David um, murdered. I thought he, I, who am I thinking of? Oh, no, I, he was murdered. I'm telling you right now he was murdered. I thought he liked doing that stuff though. Oh, I'm sure he did, but he was murdered. Well, he could have died that way though. Would you agree? Yes, but he was murdered. Okay. Yeah. He was doing a lot of shitty movies. So, no denying that. He probably deserved it. Anyway. How? Wait, when, <laughs> when you're hanging yourself from your balls and your neck at the same time, shit's going to happen. Anyway, the, the, lone, the great thing about the lone gunman is that uh, we see the, the conspiracy kind of nuts uh, in, different, in, in different ways, in different movies. Um, and mostly it's that there's a lot of truth in these conspiracy conspiracy theories and the wackier they sound, the more truthful they are. You just kind of have to find the nuggets, uh, men in black, Tommy Lee Jones likes to read the sun or the inquisitor. Um, and there's a great quote in inglorious bastards where, um, the, the lead villain, um, actually asks about a Jewish family. And when the guy says, I've heard rumors, he says, I love rumors because those are the stories that actually have the most truth in them. Uh, and I think, I think that's great. I think that's what the X-Files is about. It's, it's cutting through the bullshit and trying to find out what's true. And that's what these guys do is that these guys are kind of, they're, they're, they're a light in the darkness. They're, they're, uh, they're bastions of, of truth and they're digging up whatever they can dig up and they're trying to put a spotlight on it. Whether or not everything they dig up is, is real, you know, whatever, but they're trying to get that stuff out there and, and let people know, Hey, this is what's going on. And in a sense, they, they, they are kind of like 
they're kind of playing the part of Mulder, Mulder's uh, psyche that that is curious about this and wants to come up with all these theories and and is open to all this stuff. Um, and you could almost make the you know you could almost make the point that if they didn't act interact with anybody else, that it's actually like this is all in Mulder's head, and these are different personalities in his head, um, and he's working through these conspiracy theories, and that's kind of where he he drifts off to when he's looking for answers. Um, and that actually would have been a really cool way to go about it with those guys. Um, unfortunately, they were real. Um, and just like the whiskey and ginger I'm drinking, after too much of them, uh, they do get old. Uh, however, um, the the idea behind them, uh, I think, lives on. And, and, and a lot of people, me, Mike Ortiz, uh, every other conspiracy theorist out there, um, they are essentially a, a huge part of, of the X-Files. Um, the doubt, the belief uh, in what may be real, what may not be real. So it's the lone gunman. A vote for the lone gunman. Mike? This is really tough because on one hand, uh, at this point we decide what are, what are we going to see face off in the finals. And I, I really like the idea of of Jose Chung, which is a great one-off episode uh, up against either uh, EBE or Jose Chung, um, which would be, uh, you know, one of the tied into the mythology episodes, even though ni- neither one of these were like one of the big mythology episodes. Um, but they're also about little green men, uh, essentially. And, uh, and, you know, Clyde is about a completely different, uh, part of the paranormal and, and part, every part of me really kind of wants to do the intellectually that makes a better battle in the, uh, in the final, uh, round, which part of me kind of wants to go with, but you know, then it goes back to, like you've said many times, Damon vote with your heart. Um, I don't think the lone gunman are an example of the best of the X-Files. And yet I want to vote for them because I just really like them a lot. And I think they do, they tie into many of the things that we've talked about and, and, uh, and you know, everything that that's been said so far, I mean, they really are just that, that, that conspiracy nut stuff. They, like I, I kind of said before about the, the tying into the times, that's what conspiracy was before this time period. And, and, and when it becomes mainstream, um, I read a lot of those publications and listened to a lot of those guys. And, you know, the thing on the show is they were more, far more right than they were wrong. And one of the, I think, best moments uh, with those guys actually happens in uh, EBE when when they say, uh, God, Mulder, you think UFOs cause Gulf War syndrome? That's why we love you. Your ideas are crazier than ours. Because even they think Mulder's kind of off his rocker sometimes. Um, they're really great characters. And, and while I think they're most likely going to totally get their ass kicked in the final round by Jose Chung. Uh, I'm still going to vote for him because I'm just going to vote with my heart. A vote for the lone gunman. Um, yeah. Cause I love, you know, you know how one of them has the red hair and the other one is, Oh wait, they're not Mulder and Scully. How the fuck are you voting for the lone gunman? Because they're not the best of X-Files. They're nowhere near the best of X-Files. You should all be goddamn shame that you voted for the Lone Gunman. Yes, they are great. They're fun characters. Their show lasted four episodes on TV. Whatever. <laughs> Fucking, it doesn't matter. The other thing has Mulder and Scully being awesome. It has Mulder being skeptical and Scully believing. 
It, uh, like, how the fuck? I'm voting for Clyde Bruckman because you guys are assholes. Uh, plain and simple. Best of X Files should include Mulder and Scully. Uh, there's no Mulder and Scully in the three lone gunmen. Fuck them. Michael? Okay. Um, I, I have listened to all the arguments and I, I think they're all very sensible. I, I am, I like the lone gunman a lot. They're an element of the, of the alien abduction conspiracy sort of stratosphere that needed to be represented on the show. And they also provide, they also provided sort of an entryway for the audience in a way, because you could pick one of the three guys and realize, Oh, that's me. That's my view on this. That's how I would react in this situation because they're kind of normal guys, everyday normal guys, and they're with nerds, and I could certainly understand that. Um, however, and I, I don't want to be too vitriolic about it, but at the end of the day, were they the best of the X-Files, though? No, they really weren't. I mean, they were great supporting characters. Uh, they were they were effective in the episodes they were in. I have nothing bad to say about the Lone Gunman, but if we vote them as one of the best things about the X Files, out of all the other stuff, over all the other characters we've put down, all the other episodes, all the other aspects of the show, I mean, the Lone Gunman, just because we identify with them a little more and they're kind of characters that we really like and sympathize with, I'm not. I really can't jump on board with that. You know, I understand the, the inclination to do that. But when, especially when it's up against an episode like Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, which has such a strong emotional pull and such an, a, an amazing array of performances and a lot of nuance and a great deal of the other of the other, not the otherworldly aspect of the show, but the more the paranormal and the sad effect that it can have on a on a human being who doesn't necessarily want the gift. This isn't about showboating. This isn't about some character, you know. You know, taking advantage of what he has, he views it as a curse, and I thought that was a really fascinating way to deal with that that situation. And I, um, I, I, I mean, I guess Lone Gunman are going to go through, but I just, I, I, I understand the sympathetic vote for them, but as they're not the best of the X Files, and no matter which of the episodes it goes up against in the next round, guys, if we vote Lone Gunman as the best of the X Files, it's not. It's not doing the show as much credit as we should be giving it. So, anyway, Clyde Bruckman. A uh, vote for Clyde Bruckman. I changed my vote. I was about to call you an asshole. <laughs> no, you were both completely right, and I I agree. That, and I even said they are not the best. I voted for him just because that's sort of what my heart said. But then my heart said, "You can't do that to the X Files." Yeah, but it's Fuck you guys them. for making me have to change my vote. I wish I would have won with them. Them, it's what they stand for. It's 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 the whole thing about the the bullshit that everybody's being fed. Oh, I, 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 I get it. I just it's not. No, I agree. I don't think that's. I don't think that's what I'm makes the X Files. It's it's a difficult. It's 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 the heart versus the head in a lot of ways. I and then I get that. I I I just personally I don't know. It just seemed to me that. They're supporting. At the end of the day, they are supporting characters. They're once they're a small but significant element of a much larger thing. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not our fault that they were made into a TV show, and that that kind of stigmatizes them right there. I mean, they were overused. Mm, unfortunately, unfortunately, if they were used sparingly, things would have been great. But they they oh. ran with it. Because it doesn't that's matter. What they do. Either one of them is going to lose to Jose Chung in the next round. 
At the, you're right. Let's go. All right. I take a dump. So Clyde goes through. Clyde goes through. Next fight. Josh EBE versus Jose Chung. <clears throat> well, I guess. And and obviously you don't have to be long-winded about Jose Chung because it sounds like all of you fuckers are voting for it. Well, I'm wondering if I should just do it now so everybody can blow their load in the finals. I don't think um, anybody's blowing any load. I think <laughs> I think we're at the point where we already know what's going to look. Well, Michael just did, but we already know what's going to win. So okay. Um, anyway, anyway, you know the, the the great thing about EBE is is when I'm watching it, they're talking about how. Uh, they just shot down. They had just shot down a UFO, and they've got the pieces of it. and And they're like, "Oh my God, their friends are coming for them." That's why they keep switching things around. And they had me, and they had Mulder and Scully believing that, like, "Hey, we've got something great. And aliens are coming for it." And uh, like, they bought a hook, line, and sinker, and I bought a hook, line, and sinker. That being said, Jose Chung in my opinion, is the best episode of the X Files because what it does is it takes all the mythology. And it mixes it with that, uh, you know, the the theme of that show, which is this is going to sound crazy. And it's it's about filtering through the details and trying to figure out what pertains to the situation and what's kind of made up and what's emotional. And in that episode, they give you everything. I mean, they 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 freaking lay it out on the table. You know, uh, everything that you really kind of need to know about the X-Files is in there and you have to have seen the episodes and you kind of have to go back and watch it to realize it. Um, but they do, they lay their cards on the table and they kind of, you know, the episode hides everything by showing different people who you may think would be crazy by saying this. And it's like, this is going to sound crazy and it's the fucking truth. And, you know, with all these different descriptions about things, you think, oh, the men in black, well, they're crazy because they're saying this. And, and the teenage kids are crazy because they had just had sex. And, and essentially that entire episode lays out the fact that the government is kidnapping people and experimenting on them. And then guess what? There are actually aliens. And did the aliens actually abduct the people who were abducting people that I'm not sure about? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't, but Aliens exist and UFOs exist and man-made UFOs exist and people are being kidnapped by the government. And it all sounds fucking crazy when you watch it. And that's what makes it fun because you get to see it from the perspective of we know all this stuff. But if you're just the person hearing about it, it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a, uh, a science fiction novel. And uh, that's, you know, in essence, that's what the guy's writing. He's writing a science fiction novel. Um, and it's, it's just masterfully done and it's a great episode. And it's not just as Michael said, it's not just the best episode of the X-Files. It's a great episode of TV. Um, the only thing that's cheesy is, is, is some of the, uh, uh, the claymation or whatever is in it. But, um, I guess that's done for a purpose. Um, so I'm voting for Jose Chung and then the rest of you guys can talk about it in the finals. I'll vote for Jose Chung. Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of fully expected this, um, and like I I said, I think I think Jose Chung is going to wind up taking it, but personally, I actually do prefer EBE to Jose Chung, um, even though intellectually Jose Chung has got, does all those things, um, you know, watching it again, I was reminded of just how kind of interesting, and 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 how much how you know the kind of depth to it. I think one of my favorite moments is when uh, that uh, the the pilot 
uh, turns to Mulder after he's, after Mulder's talking about, uh, you know, that guy that was clearly crazy with the Lord, whatever of the lava men. And the guy references that Lord, whatever, you know, kind of making you wonder, well, was, what did that happen? Was that part of the thing? I mean, there's Ooh, that, what? Ooh, Lord Kinboat. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole episode is about that kind of what really happened, you know, telling the different perspectives, watching the, that nerdy guy basically treat Mulder and Scully as the men in black and having them acting weird. Whereas I, you know, everybody else saw the other men in black acting weird. But one of the things that the show does, that's a little off for me. And, and I think it's why it stands out. Um, is is the the tone is a little bit different. There's certainly a little bit more humor to it, um, and the X Files had a lot of humor in it. But the thing that really that I dug about the X Files was was not as much that, but that weird, creepy, paranoid tone that runs through EBE and runs through most of the mythology episodes. Um, it's not quite there in uh, in Jose Chung. The whole I mean, you've got Charles Nelson Riley as as the writer. I mean, right there, you're 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 definitely trying to give a slightly different tone to the show. I think it's a fantastic show and I will probably uh, tell you more about it in the next round. Cause I'm sure it's going to move on. But I, I think EBE is one of those shows that kind of flies under the radar a little bit more. Um, but I think it's tone is great. I think the way, like I had mentioned before, it is, it is a roadmap for how we are going to interact with this show for the rest of its run. Uh, vote for EBE. I will also vote for EBE. Michael. Uh, yeah, I don't want to vote against EBE. At this point, it, it, as with so many things, and when they come down to this, I'm not really voting against the other thing at all, but I'm really voting for the thing I love. And OZ Chung, for me, is the best of X-Files in every department. It manages to do so many things and yet maintain a consistent tone and yet be very, I mean, it can be very unbelievably funny and goofy in one moment and yet have a very strong sentimental uh, aspect to it. The, the story of the, the two kids on the road and how he raps on the window at the very end and she just blows him off because her whole life has changed and he got, he just kind of walks away rejected. And there's a, there's a, I mean, that episode try, usually when episodes try to do that many things, they fall flat on their face because they don't know how to balance everything out. This is such an intricately woven episode. It's, it's a, it's, it's a script that should be studied in writing class for television because you don't, you don't weave characters and, and plots that double back on themselves and little bits of dialogue that come back up every now and then are said by different characters under completely different situations um, it's, it's, a, that episode for me solidified my love of the show because I realized it, it could really bend the form that it, it had, it, you know, bend the, the, the television format and yet somehow remain faithful to it. So as much as I like EBE, nothing against EBE, got to go for Jose Chung. Uh, vote for Jose Chung. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Dave. Which one is moving into the final? Tough call again, but I'm gonna have to go with Jose Chung too. Especially as everybody keeps talking about it, like more and more things come back to me, like how how unique studying in a writing class that actually makes a lot of sense. It's actually a really apt description for that whole 
because it does do a ton of things really well, really quickly. So, uh, I'm going to go. And we're at our final fight. We've got Clyde Bruckman. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Clyde Bruckman's final repose, right? Versus Jose Chung. Uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, from Jose Chung's from outer space. Uh, Mike, that's yours. I will vote for fuck you. That seems apt. Um, I will vote for Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Michael. Uh, this is interesting that it should end up between these two episodes. These episodes were both written by Darren Morgan, who I think wrote, if you put together the 10 best X-Files episodes, the four or five he wrote will all be in there. He also wrote War of the Capophages, one with the cockroaches. Um, I mean, he's just, and he was also the lead in Small Potatoes as Eddie Van Blunt. Uh, so he's, he's just a, a really gifted storyteller and he had a real knack for these characters he really understood scully and Mulder. and one other thing about jose chung which i could go on about forever but i'm not going to a masterfully told story i, mean, I think charles nelson riley may look a, seem like a gimmicky choice but he gives a very very solid performance in this it's not an arch comic performance at all he plays a very worn down very cynical author, and he was a, an inspired choice for that part. And his narration at the end, I thought, was absolutely beautiful. If I were to pick any episode of The X-Files to show to someone who had no idea about The X-Files, knew of alien conspiracies, wasn't necessarily a science fiction fan, but was just a fan of television, just like watching interesting ideas and, and characters being put forth, I would put Jose Chung on, because you get... You don't have to know about Mulder and Scully. You pick that up throughout the episode. You'll get a really interesting glimpse into their relationship. You get all of the benefits of the show wrapped up into one. And it's it would be a great episode to put a, a, a non-viewer in front of because they're going to come out of that with a really interesting appreciation for all aspects of the, that this show managed to, to put forth. So um, as much as I love Clyde Bruckman, again, I'm not voting against that. It's a brilliant episode. Um, but I got it's Jose Chung for me is, is like I said before, one of my favorite hours of television ever produced for any show. So uh, vote for Jose Chung. Dave. I'm sorry. What is Jose Chung running up against at this point? Todd Bruckman? Yep. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're doing the best of for a reason because this show is amazing and it is pop culture wise and it's super important and it obviously influenced us and it influenced many many people it influenced many many storytellers that are writing novels that are making television shows that are writing movies today um after nine seasons it has its ups and it has its downs and it has its great parts and its low parts and it is you know a horrible thing to have to decide what is the best of i guess this is our burden this is why we are all here on the phone or Skyping or whatever the fuck we do to talk to each other. Uh, but I'm going to just keep it in the loop and go with Jose Chung because, again, just for the, the, the random imagery of that show that n never, never left my head after many years of watching and many years of not watching it. Uh, we'll give it to Jose Chung. Uh, vote for Jose Chung and Josh. Is it tied up or is Jose Chung taking it? Just out of curiosity. 
Oh, there's one vote for fuck you. <laughs> there's one vote for Clyde Bruckman and two votes for Jose Chung. Okay. Well, I want to change my vote to fuck you then. Well, then we're tied up between fuck you and Jose Chung. Um, I guess I guess I'm the lucky person who gets to put the nail in this uh, this X Files orgy coffin. Um, so I'll go ahead and start by saying this: it, it, doing this was was kind of fun to go back and watch the different episodes because at the time, you know, I was a very impressionable person, and yeah, I had Star Trek on TV, um, but Star Trek was a different kind of science fiction. And as a kid who would constantly go to the library in town and buy or rent, um, take out the, the UFO books about alien abductions and, and uh, UFOs, this really hit a chord with me. And I kind of, I really did kind of fall in love with this show because it asked all the questions that I wanted to ask and it put ideas into my head. Um, and, and at the heart of this show is, is the search for, or the, the, the question, does extraterrestrial life exist? Has it visited this planet? If it has, how do we prove it? Um, and, and Jose Chung from Outer Space is a part of that mythology. It's part of that, that big episode arc. Um, whether or not it fits in perfectly, um, it kind of wraps it up all nicely with a bow. Um, and not to say anything bad about Clyde Bruckman, because... I think a really touching part of that episode is when he's sitting down at a table and he's telling these people about life insurance because they're, they're going to become parents. And they say to him, listen, we're thinking about getting a boat. And he says, you know, he gets a little pissed off and he says to him, you know, in a, you know, a couple of years, you're going to be driving down the interstate with your daughter and you're going to get to an accident and you're going to die. And they give him this freaky look. And that really told you like, how much of a burden it was on this guy to know this stuff, to know what the future was going to be, how people's lives were going to turn out. And he really wasn't able to change it for anybody. He just had to live with the fact that he knew people were going to die and there's nothing he could do about it, which is, I guess what we live with in life, but you know, it's, it's just a constant reminder of death with him. Um, But in the end, at the heart of everything, I love, conspiracy theories i love aliens i love the 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 thought of has you know has an alien life visited this planet um do ufos exist and jose chung just brings it all together for me it was it was a pleasure to watch as an episode of the x-files and it was a pleasure to watch just as a tv show um and so it's gonna win and i think it deserves to win jose chung won this episode but of course we are wrong uh the true winner of this episode is the people who did not listen <laughs> um does anybody have anything they'd like to plug uh dave oh my god no no i don't do anything interesting at all so no uh josh no mr felcher not so much a plug as it is a comment on something um, I went to Kmart today, and I, I made a, a small purchase. I'll, I'll tell you what it is in a second. Um, and I selected the e-receipt option so that they didn't have to waste paper and print out a receipt there at the store for a minor purchase, which is a nice option to have. It saves paper and all that. But even with that option selected, they still gave me two coupons for Charmin Basic Bath Tissue, one for their paper towels, 
a dollar off on the next time I spend uh, $15 or more coupon, a Dish Network get a $50 gift card Kmart offer, a $5 off $35 in apparel offer, a $10 off storage and organization offer. Well, and, 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 and this is like six, nine, you know, seven different pieces of paper they handed me. What did I buy that warranted all this? Tube socks. I bought a fucking bag of tube socks for this. Michael, I, I don't Michael. understand why the hell they would need to waste the life of about 600 trees uh, to, to, for fucking tube socks. I, I really don't understand that. Uh, it just seems to me that if I selected the e-receipt option, I should get less paper, not more paper. I just, you, should, you should trust no one. Uh, hold on a second. There's someone... What the hell is that? Conduits. They know about our conversation. Well, I guess Michael's gone now. Um, Kmart's still around. Yeah, there's still Kmart's. We don't um, have anywhere we are. Uh, thank you, Karen, uh, Chris Mitchell, uh, Christy Woke. They do stuff on the internet for us. Mr. Forum recreates our intros, and we're a part of the Pop Podcasting Network. So go on to pop panels on pages and check out the other podcasts they have over there. Uh, Mike, you know, um, Michael eats a lot of Del Taco. So when those aliens get that anal probe started, look out. Uh, you can find me on the weekend geek video show, uh, every week on YouTube where we, uh, talk about new comics. You can find us at geekfights.net where we have lists of show ideas, the brackets we mentioned earlier, uh, and some more stuff. Uh, don't forget to go on iTunes or the Zoom network. Oh, wait, no, Xbox Live. Oh, wait, no, none of them really work the right way. But go on there and rate and review us. Uh, or uh, what do you call that? There's something. Uh, or like us on Facebook. There we go. Uh, if you want to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just look for Geek Fights or you can find uh, those links on our website. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. It's really late at night, so I can't shout it. Uh, next week's episode is Best of Time Travel, and then after that is I Don't Remember. So I'm going to just go click onto the Geek Fights page on the Twitters, and any second now, it will pull it up, because the calendar is in March still for us, so I can't see it. Uh, oh, and then after that is DC versus Marvel Showdown. Uh any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep fighting the geek fight. The truth is out there. Do, 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 do. It really sucks that Michael got abducted by aliens. That was weird. I mean, what are the odds? Uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, he lives <laughs> on about a, what, about a half acre of land is what I would say in, in Southfield. Yeah, he's, uh, there's not a lot of people around. Not a lot of people around. There's trees. Easily, just yeah. suck them up there. Uh, you know, I All think right, it, I well, think the aliens wanted the tube socks. Is what they wanted. Oh, that might be it.
You're friends with Bill Mosley, Michael? Bill? Yeah. So weird. In fact, I sat next to him most of the weekend, actually. I was just hanging out with Bill Mosley. Well, I mean, I've I've interviewed him a bunch of times, so that's how I got to know him. It was his work thing. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, Bill's, Bill's funny. Bill's, Bill, Bill's a real funny guy. Uh, yeah. I still hate you for it. There was I could there's a funny story. It, a couple, it was a month about a month and a half ago. I, I went down to Atlanta to record a commentary with the um, for the new Texas Chainsaw movie, okay. and it, I I did a commentary with the four actors who were in previous Chainsaw movies who make an appearance in that movie. And it was Bill Mosley, Gunnar Hansen, the original Leatherface, Marilyn Burns, the original lead actress, and John Dugan who played Grandpa in both films. And John Dugan told this very funny story about when he was doing Grandpa on the original Chainsaw. He was a 20-year-old guy, and he's sitting there, and he's got this scene where he has to suck on the finger of the leading lady. And he said he couldn't help it, but he got kind of turned on. He got kind of aroused, and, he's, and he was, everyone started laughing. He was like, I just want to make it clear. I wasn't trying to be, like, boastful about it. But I was just like, you know, it was just I couldn't help it. It was sort of a sexual thing. I, it was a weird situation. I got kind of turned on. The next morning at the show, I go see John. And he's like, you know, I want to make sure people understood that what I was saying. I, I wasn't trying to be like some, you know, bragging about it. I, I was trying to explain it was just a natural reaction of the body. And the people, I hope people take it that way, that it wasn't some sort of salacious kind of thing I was trying to talk about. And I'm like, oh, John, don't worry about it. It's fine. And then I go walk over to Bill Mosley's table. And the first thing I say is, hey, Bill, thing, the commentary was fun last night. And Bill goes, Oh, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun, man. That was really great about that John Dugan boner story. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, fuck it. So much for nuance and understanding. And now it's just a John Dugan boner story. And he's like, yeah, man, that was funny as hell. That's got to stay in there. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Well, it, Everybody's it, got a boner story, though. Not this just happens to be a really good one. Yeah, it was a it was a good story. I just love the fact that <laughs> John Dugan boner story. Well, that was something else, man. Not everybody has a boner story. Really, I've got more than one. Do you want to buy one yeah, from I, me? I think there's more than one collectively from each. I have here. one now. Tube socks.